welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 126, which are two films by the great film director Peter Bogdanovich. Uh, the first one is, of course, uh, The Last Picture Show from 1971, and we paired that with the second film, uh, Paper Moon from 1973. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich is an interesting person. We've actually talked about amazing film critics, critics and amazing film historians that have ended up becoming directors on their own, like François Truffaut was a, a good example of that. But Bogdanovich was a fabulous person, loved films, loved cinema, uh, ended up writing a biography for Orson Welles, who was a good friend of him, of his, and ended up advising him on these films, which is, by the way, the main reason why both of these films are actually shot in black and white. It actually had everything to do with Orson Welles on that. So it's really kind of an amazing thing to, to think about that. But uh, he also wrote many books and many other things. But these two films are very, very important. Um, in fact, The Last Picture Show was nominated for eight Oscars and won two of them. And uh, Paper Moon was nominated for four and won one of them. So kind of an amazing accomplishment considering his background and what he did so really great uh, stuff uh last picture show in my mind is probably one of the greatest american films ever uh it's definitely up there probably in the top 10 um and uh, incredible accomplishment uh and really should be recognized now why did we do these films well actually they've been on our list for a very long time i've wanted to do them i know that peter bogdanovich was um eric Sheely is a huge fan of his so I want to make sure that uh, we celebrated him in some ways, and this seemed to be the best way to do it. So very happy that we were able to do it. Eric talked very passionately about him, and I was super happy we were able to do, do that. So great, great movies, um, very emotional, and uh, honestly a great discussion amongst all of us and our passion for this stuff. So really cool. All right, a couple of announcements. As you guys know, we haven't actually been able to be very regular on our recordings on every Saturday. I have been out of town. A lot of stuff's happening. Summer's going on. Uh, back to school's happening. So it's been very tough. I'm still traveling, but I'm able to squeeze in a recording this Saturday. Uh, and we haven't quite picked the movies yet because I'm about to get on the phone with the guys and we're going to pick what movies we're going to do uh, for this Saturday. But it is going to be September 9th uh, at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we will be recording a podcast yet to be determined uh, on the subject and uh, very excited to see what that is. But you can always follow us. It's going to be on twitch.tv slash at martini underscore giant. No, sorry. Twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. Twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. Now, if you don't have time to watch us on Twitch or it's not, you know, you're in Europe and it's way too late. You can always watch us later. We're always available on YouTube. If you want to watch us on YouTube, of course, you can always do the audio formats later. But YouTube, it is youtube.com slash at martini giant. Again, youtube.com slash at martini giant. If you're on YouTube and you like us, please like and subscribe. Always good. And of course, make sure you share it with all of your friends and family who love to talk about movies as well. All right. But for now, I'd like to share Paper Moon and the last picture show. Enjoy. I like this in black and white. This I like this in black and white. Yeah, we should do classy. more of these. Yeah. Okay. I was so. just uh, I was just watching. I just watched Avatar: The Way of Water in black and white. I tuned the color down on my TV. Mm-hmm. Um, due to and? The, and it's fantastic. It's still a fantastic movie. 
In fact, it's because uh, the, re- the reason to do this for people that aren't familiar, Steven Soderbergh put out uh, a copy of Raiders of the Lost Ark in black and white. So and saying like this makes it easier to pay attention to how good the editing is, how great the shots are and all this stuff. And I completely agree. Like you go, if you watch Avatar Way of Water in black and white, you'll see lots of details that you did not see and you'll see how well executed this movie is. It's really, really something. Was it as Cameron intended? <laughs> it was ex- on a small TV on my computer in black and white. No, it's actually on my, on my regular TV. Yeah. On my, on my, um, my, uh, on my, my Roku. <laughs> on my Roku in black and white, the way that Cameron wanted. <clears throat> uh, that's, that's one thing we didn't discuss last time was, uh, how, how much that term was, as Nolan intended has become a meme. As Nolan to intended. That, to the point that it's like, it's just ridiculous. It's a step in for as which, God intended. Which, <laughs> yeah. Which phrase? As Nolan intended. That's right. Oh, right. <laughs> as Nolan intended. Because <laughs> you'll be like, oh, they put too much butter on my popcorn. As Nolan intended. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. So these are movies that we have wanted to do for a very, long very long time. I don't know why we kept putting it off, but I figured we've done so many <clears throat> new movies recently. It would be good to go back to some of these. And uh, you're a big Bogdanovich fan, right, Eric? Yes. I am a huge, huge, huge Bogdanovich fan. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think I think it's because he seemed – like yeah, he had issues. Is like I love his books. I have read all his books. I own all his books. I've always watched interviews with him. Uh, I know he was close with Orson Welles, who I love. Mm-hmm. And there was something always about him. And he sucks, man. He died like a year or two ago. Yep. That there was a very independent, like he is his own person, um, type of for good or bad mm-hmm. type of filmmaker. And I always just saw him, even though he probably was in within the system, I always just saw him as outside of the system and his movies were resonated with me. There was a the size of the cast, the way he made them. They were really um steeped in the history of film and there was there was a lot of touch points to it, all his films that I find that um are unique. And so he was definitely you know, an interesting director. And I, I guess the point is he was always himself. He was a very unique individual mm-hmm. and, uh, it wasn't like, um, a studio shooter, you know, or some sort of, and from the seventies, you know, kind of a guy that would be making blue thunder. Right. Right. He was making these films that were really touching and beautiful and wonderful characters and, uh, had a lot of voice to it, like different characters and emotions and you really kind of emerge yourself in it. and uh, But yet he was within the system and he was involved with the whole Dorothy Stratton stuff. So it was kind of, it's kind of a, what is it, oxymoron? It's just, he, he was a contradiction in a way. But when you listen to his old interviews, he really was, he loved film, he loved filmmakers, and he was a real artist. I think it's interesting, someone said, on uh, on Facebook, then in the, one of the comments when we said we were going to do these films, someone said that Bogdanovich was kind of like 
the Tarantino of the seventies. Yeah, that's sort of an interesting way to look at it. Is that interesting and, because he was a huge <clears throat> film buff and loved to just right. be obsessed about films and yeah. Well, know, he wrote well, for I mean, Esquire. Yeah, and he. Yeah. I have a bunch of his books on John Ford. I have his Who the Devil Made It. Yeah, like he wrote so well and with such. And he's very, very in with the old crowd. John Ford, yeah. yeah. Ford and Wells. Well, big time with Wells, obviously. Like he lived Wells with Wells. St- stayed at his house. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. and, <clears throat> like he, and, and a lot of his, like his filmmaking is this really weird, um, uh, uh like it's very, uh, like almost forties classical in a lot of ways. Um, but it's showing you things that those movies never would have shown you. Right. Um, and yeah, so these feels like old movies, but but with, with a twist. Mo- very very modern uh, subjects, um, right. and uh, getting the motions that those movies avoided, you know, and uh, <clears throat> so it's very like nudity uh, and sex. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, like the last picture yeah. show is uh, is very much about sex. Like, right, it's like it's, it's like all eighty percent of the movie, um, and uh, and it's really. It's not graphic, but it feels so real that you it it's, feels. It, I think it's, it's because it's so extremely intimate movie. I think it's because it's so awkward that it yeah. feels real. Yeah, and he uh, well, and, also- and he and he uses these old old school techniques that he, he borrows from John Ford and from Wells and from like all these like classic filmmakers to make a whole new kind of film. Uh, yeah, so they're like the famous nude scene, and then like a whole herd of cattle come through. So it's bringing. John Ford with mm-hmm. contemporary, right? It's just like yeah. cattle drive, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, the no, point all, is- but, but actually that's kind of true. Like if it's a joke, that it's kind of true because like there's like, there's, I mean, uh, you know, a cut, oh, this is a little grab from last picture show, but just when you see like one of the, there's a character that dies and it cuts to all these cattle milling yeah. about in a truck because they're too tightly packed into a truck. And like, it's just like, it's a total like, oh, like a, Old West image, but confined into a box, but and it's commenting on what's you, happening. And it's, it's the amazing. best thing is you just said about the John Ford. When you look at the last picture show, the thing that he nails, just like Ford, is all those characters that are not top billing, like the guy sitting in the truck or the other guys looking in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. They're like re- real, <clears throat> you know, like oil. And they're dudes. just reading lines. That's very kind yeah. of straight. Yeah. yeah. And they're <laughs> non actors. Which right? is pretty great. I love that. Yeah. I love it. But it's they're like, like real. Well, let's take them out there and take care of them. I guess that's yeah, what's going to happen. Doing. Kids <laughs> all under God's stars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, but it's all this stuff. And it's like John Ford had so many cameos like that, yeah. which gives this authenticity. Do you, well, remember, do you remember the, uh, the, 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 the cafe scene in, um, uh, easy rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. that's those guys felt like. Those guys. Yeah. 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 Very much so. And like, like the town itself in last picture show is sort of, it feels like a, a place made up of, um, all of the, uh, uh, sort of supporting characters of a John Ford movie. Like, like all these are all the characters that would be in a John Ford movie, but the hero is not here, you know? Right. And, and, uh, like the best we got is like Ben Johnson, and uh and and the, this is what their lives are you know outside of when you know here comes john wayne you know like well john wayne wrote off a long time ago and these people are still hanging around well so it's funny because john ford told ben johnson to do this movie which he didn't want to do mm. and he and, said 
what do you want to be second fiddle to John Wayne all the time? You should do this movie. <laughs> That's amazing. And it's my all time favorite Ben Johnson performance. Oh God. It's like, it's one of the great, uh, supporting roles of all time. Yeah. It's incredible. The fishing Definitely scene incredible. is just crazy. The fishing it's scene is incredible. really beautiful. Yeah. 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 Like you see him a lot in other stuff. You see him like the getaway, you see him in all sorts of other movies past this, but, uh, this is the absolute, this is beyond a crowning achievement for his career. This is like, when I think of Ben Johnson, I think of Last Picture Show. Also to note, it is one of the shortest performances ever to win an Oscar. <laughs> and yeah, I understand. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It's that He's only in it for nine minutes. Yeah. And it's, and it's pure. Yeah. It's really it's something really, really touching catchy. though about yeah. just how life goes so fast. I first, I find this movie to be a masterclass in world building i mean yes yes yeah because i just watched it's a two-hour movie almost exactly two hours and it's very slow mm -hmm. but it feels like i watched an all-day event it's so deep it's like so like <laughs> so many like you're just like I, I, you know this place inside and out you know every little you weird feel relationship like you live between everybody there. It's, yep. it's, you feel like you've watched an entire season of a whole show, but it's yeah. all in two hours. Yeah. Like you can watch you know, like three seasons of Yellowstone and not feel as complete as two hours of this. Right. You know, and like the, and, and like, I love that there's just like, you had, you know, so many of the cross relationships between so many of the threads of the story and half the time, like all these things that characters are trying to keep secret, all the other characters know and don't care. Like, they're just like, yeah, we well, you know. <laughs> well, right. like so there's there's not even any surprises in the movie for anybody like right. everyone's just sort of like yeah well that's there's, what happens in small towns small town yeah yeah, yeah. try that in a small town yeah try that <laughs> in a small town the subtitle <laughs> try, try that in a small town oh god um but yeah it's something just kind of amazing about it. And it's interesting. So it's well based on a book. And what's also interesting is the town they actually shot it in is the town where the author of the book came from. Larry McMurtry. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and the actual town was just a few miles away that the na the town that this is actually named in the book or in this movie is actually mm -hmm. just a few miles out. So it's really very much in that area of Texas, which is ain't much going on around there. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> That's right. And uh, <clears throat> Larry McMurtry, for people that don't know, wrote one of my all-time favorite books called Lonesome Dove. I love it. Incredible, Dove. incredible novel. That's uh, a book I love. And um, uh, he also wrote, uh, co-wrote the story that became uh, Brokeback Mountain. He also wrote uh, the novel that became HUD with Paul Newman. Uh, and he also wrote um, the novel that became Terms of Endearment. So, like, this guy is... And Meg, too. And Meg, too, directed by Ben Wheatley. Amazing. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna yeah. see Meg two right after this. I can't wait to hear. You're going tonight? Oh my yeah. god! I'm so excited to see. Even if it's a terrible movie, it doesn't make a difference. I don't the care. Ben, ben they, Wheatley they, directed they, it. They, so they, in the trailer, they literally jump a shark. For God's sake! Yes, like, that's perfect. They're just throwing it at you. Yep. I'm you, going. You, I'm going. Me and uh, my uh, my son and my son's friend, who's actually listens to this podcast. Nice. Hello. And, uh, and, uh, his, his dad, and I think Ben's, uh, uh, Brady's other friend. So it's going to be, it's going to be boys going out to see Meg too. I think it'll be fun. Nice. Nice. Good call. Yeah. Um, I would say you should look for, um, the movies by this director 
such as Kill List, but I really only mean that for you and Brady's friend's dad. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's uh he, the guy the guy who directed it is absolutely terrific and nobody knows his movies, but maybe me and uh and uh and Caesar Salatus from uh uh from Discord. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh yeah, I mean I'm this this show is just the performances are so good and yet at the same time it feels kind of like Meh performances. In yeah, some well, cases. it's part of why it works. Like you I don't know. want, to, yeah. It's like you don't want this to all to be Oscar winning. The fact that it's a little flat and some people aren't great makes it feel makes it feel fit the town. Yeah. Like it's sort of like, oh, okay. And you're like, oh, oh man, <laughs> you're not good enough to get out of acting school. <laughs> you want to escape like this who? town? Give me one character. It, it all of them a little bit. You know, like even that the main the main kid. You know, oh, yeah. he does like, great performances, but yeah, like, I'm, I'm not denying that they're doing great performances, but their <clears> style of acting has that. Like you compare yeah. Timothy, Timothy Bottoms performance. He's the main, main kid more or less. Right. Um, and he is playing opposite, <clears throat> pardon, pardon me, uh, um, uh, 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 Cloris, Leach. Cloris Leachman and Cloris Leachman is giving one of the great performances in the seventies. Right. And Timothy Bottom, Bottoms is sort of like on an episode of the Waltons. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, That's and it's okay. It. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's good that this works because like his lack, I, lack I of expression and depth. Uh, yeah. It makes awkward. it feel it, it is make it awkward. Yeah. And, yeah. Absolutely. That's it's what's almost good about like it. what's her name? Uh, Sybil Shepherd. <clears throat> we'll go into the details of behind that, but mm. it's almost like her lack of being a really serious actor. <sighs> Yeah, she's not it a good It still works well, because he, there's a cuteness and beauty about her and yes. snobbiness that just exudes. If you think I she's totally special agree. even though she's not? <laughs> I totally, well, totally I think agree. she was one of, she was actually one of Elvis's girls, so she was special. Really? Wow. Yeah. I didn't know yeah, that at dude. all. Like he wow. would, he had his uh movie theater in Memphis and he would have dates, so the girls would show up and she was Miss <laughs> Tennessee. And so she, if you made it to the movie theater and were invited to watch a movie because yeah. he was only him in the theater. You know, the, the, the Memphis group would be in the lobby or in the way back. Wow. Yeah. That was it. Um, and so, yeah, he, she was one of the Memphis theater girls or whatever you, you want to call it. Cause, <clears throat> cause I, I 17, yeah. 16, 17. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, uh, I, like I agree with you guys. I think that, uh, I, I'm sort of fascinated by Sybil Shepherd because she's also in an, um, She's in a couple of Bogdanovich pictures and she's, um, she's in one, uh, Daisy Miller, right? And I really, I really, really, really like Daisy Miller. And what's fascinating about, because Bogdanovich was, was he married to her? Or he was dating her anyway. Like, so he started, date, he started an affair with her during this movie. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and he Platt, was, Holly Platt wife, was his, was his wife. And she who was, found all the scripts and was all like the one that made the movies. Yeah, she was the production designer, and so there was. Well, no, she also found the scripts, right? Mm -hmm. Picked the movies for him, yeah, and she worked was on the scripts. Very important, and so it somehow it's like, and he kind of had this open affair with Sybil Shepherd, right? Didn't go so well, and in well, fact, no, he was with her for for many years, for many years. But I, but I remember like he was doing when there was another story when he was going to do Paper Moon, and he wanted he had to help do the production design, and she said, "I'll do it if Sybil Shepherd is not allowed on set." <laughs> yeah there you go nice yeah because mm -hmm. like the uh um 
because uh, uh, Civil Shepherd, like, and I and I don't mean this to be mean, like Civil Shepherd is in all of the stuff I've ever seen her in, and especially in the movie I just mentioned, um, uh, Daisy Miller, like she is so close to being a great actor that she's not a good actor. Like she is like one. She step- the, well, she's Ryan O'Neill. She's right. And this is, why, this is exactly where I was going. That she is the Ryan O'Neill of yeah. this movie. And she like, cause Ryan breath. O'Neill, I always, I always make fun of Ryan O'Neill because he's only in two great, he's only great in two movies and they're both great movies. Um, uh, but one of them is paper moon. And this is exactly the same, uh, thing where you're just like, I think you're like, you're just so perfectly flawlessly cast that you're perfect, even though you're not actually doing that great a job. Well, she looks, <laughs> she has a magical yeah. quality to her. Yeah. And I think strange, but true. And they, she reminds me a lot of the girls that I grew up with in Connecticut as a kid. Mm-hmm. There's like, like the accessible beauty. Yeah. Like beautiful, but smart and a little quirky. Yeah. And you could talk to her, but there's no way she would go out with you. Right. But there was something about her, but she's a little naive about the real world. Mm-hmm. But eventually she'll, it, there's something about her. And I've met girls in even LA, you know, just people you work with. They're like, oh, that's that same Sybil Shepherd, you know, Connecticut girl quality to right. her where right. she's very beautiful and and she's got, and she has this one, she has this one trick that she does. Like you hear the same delivery basically over and over, and, best, over and over again. The best I thought, uh, you know, I always feel in, in, um, the last picture show is the best scene for me with her is where she's on the board and she's taking her clothes off, not because she's taking her clothes off, but the way she just gives a look like mm, whatever, you know, oh, yeah, like, it's the, I, I know exactly the look. Yeah. When she's like, like, and, oh, I, <laughs> like and, and it's just like, screw it. And yeah. if there's something about that, um, scene where she was very truthful but yeah she is basically you know she was i think uh please i'll stand corrected but i think she was miss tennessee yeah well, we can look it up but yeah no because i i really do believe that she this is her barry linden is the best way to say it <laughs> like it's she's absolutely there is a barry linden connection with this with paper moon that's, that's no kidding be, really no oh no my God. Yeah, there is i'm so excited this is it this is all brand new all I don't know very much about Memphis. these movies yeah I'm so, very so, so so what's her name America. what's her name uh 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 ryan o'neill's uh, uh what his daughter uh, uh tatum o'neill tatum o'neill thank you so when tatum got nominated and he didn't for mm-hmm. paper moon he got so pissed off that he punched Tatum. <laughs> what? Yes. Oh no, Ryan! No, and don't he, feel bad about making fun of you. <laughs> so he and he he punched her, and it got it was big. And he got then he left, and he decided to just kind of escape the whole situation to go film uh, Barry Lyndon. Barry Lyndon. So, so he, he, went, he was living the Barry Lyndon lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> well, I better go to war then. <laughs> yeah. So it was oh, kind of like this God. big deal. And their, their relationship was very strained after that. I imagine so. I, if right. I punched my daughter, I think that would uh, put Can, a little... Um, especially when she's 10. Yeah. And the youngest a woman on person ever to win an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was <laughs> Miss... Sybil Shepard was Miss Teenage Memphis. 
and uh, went to East High School in Memphis and was Miss Teenage America in 1966. Oh, yeah, there you go. Creepy, but there we are. Elvis um, know how to pick them. <laughs> uh, come on, dude. He was the king, baby. He was a king baby indeed. That's right. No, so like, okay, I, um, like I said, I often, I, I often make, if people haven't heard me make fun of Brian O'Neill, it's because he's a very bad actor, but he's a very good actor in Barry Lyndon because he's a very bad actor. And that's why Kubrick, I believe, cast him because he's a, he's a completely guileless, naive moron in that movie and also kind of a douchebag. And there you go. It fits the character perfectly. In real life, yes. There you go. And so Kubrick's like, this is exactly who I need for Barry Lyndon. And here you are. I met him a few times because my wife, when I first met my wife and I lived in Brentwood, uh, he owned a gym. It was called PRO Gym, Patrick Ryan O'Neill Gym. Mm. And I had a trainer there and I would just go and he would always just be there. My wife and I would go work out. What was he like? Why would he have a gym? I know. I'm not, he's not exactly known for the Schwarzenegger body. I think body. it was uh, James Conn. Yes. James Do you Conn, know where yes. it was behind? <laughs> it was behind Metzaluna, the, the one where that by that girl's house that was killed by OJ. Oh right, yep. And the waiter worked at the restaurant. It was right behind Metzaluna. it. Metzaluna, yep. <clears throat> uh, yep. San Vicente, Montana. Yep. There and uh, he just had a gym, and he had a young wife, and I would always seem like, "Hey, dude," and uh, but you know, I don't think he was a big worker outer. Yeah, he didn't look like a work router. He looks like a work router like me. I, like me. <laughs> I'm an eat a, eat a burger. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, uh, so I used to apologize for making fun of him for being a bad actor. But now that I know that he punched his daughter, I don't yeah, apologize. We're, we're skipping ahead to that movie, but I love that movie. Um, I don't know the answer to this, Dan or Chris, mm-hmm. but was there a reason? I love Bogdanovich's films, but was there a reason why both films were in black and white? Yes. Okay. There, both of them was Orson Welles telling him you need to shoot this black and white. <laughs> right on. Like, give me really? Yeah. I think – I forgot one of, the, one of them was him trying to ask Orson Welles how to do deep focus stuff. Mm. And he goes, shoot it in black and white. Evil. Right? And he said, if you shoot it in black and white, I think the ISOs can be much higher with black and white films compared to color back in that time. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so if you can do a higher ISO, you can you can basically do a, a better job of it. And then right. for uh, Last Picture Show, it was the same thing. Orson Welles says, shoot it in black and white with a red filter in front of it. Yeah. And that would give it the high contrast that they got yeah. in that movie. And it looks great. I mean, because one <clears throat> plays as – like one plays as an old-timey fun movie, which right. the black and white helps. And the other makes it even more bleak and depressing. Right, like, yeah. and in fact, that was another thing. And what's her name? Uh, what, what was her name again? Ellen Bernstein. No, no, uh, Bogdanovich's wife, Polly Platt. Polly Platt. Polly Platt. were like, how do we make this town look more, you know, depressing and run down? Yep. And they were going to try to paint a bunch of things gray and things like right. that. And put in a like, oh, we shoot it in black and white. It's just <laughs> not a problem. Right, right. Yeah. Let's just put a Seven Eleven in. I, I, I love black and white, and I don't think people need a reason to shoot in it. I uh, know that's always every time they put up a black and white movie on Netflix, people are just like, I mean, what's really the reason? And like, well, who, why fucking shoot anything? There's no reason to do it. It's cool. Like, I right, love there it is. Fuck you. <laughs> like, I love, man, love, love black and white. Yeah. Why, why would, why would doesn't, people need a justification for what they like? That's silly. Doesn't, uh, uh, I think Leica just made a new camera that's black and white only. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Neat. So it doesn't have RGB sensors. It doesn't have a, it's just straight up. The sensor is just black and white, right? Because yeah, when you when you 
Here's do... an Ari, uh, uh, Ari Alexa that is just black and white. Oh, I love it. I think it's great. Right. right? They great. made one that is just black and white. I forget who they did that for, but that I'm almost positive. Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, because I, I think that like there's a there's a certain level of craft and attention that you bring to bear when you have to work like that. And right. I think it's you got like if you're if you're really focused on it, you do incredibly good work. So just to be a little mm-hmm. more technical about it, like color color sensors have a certain pattern to them that you have to remove when you process the information. It's called debearing, right? Because de-bearing, it's a bear yeah. pattern, right? And so with black and white, they don't have to do that. It's just pure <laughs> yeah. like you know so there's no interpretation that's done to it so it's just right. pure so it's a much kind of a cleaner feel to it uh which i think is interesting as well um but yeah but isn't, that funny, though, isn't that funny like they only had black and white until color obviously till color came and the and, and the technology behind it people are like oh it's better it's in color but yet still you know we didn't grow up in the black and white era of silent films but we still are romanced by it in a way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's plenty of bad-looking black and white films, also. But like, I, I think that uh, that it's too bad that it's been relegated to this very special art form that you have. You have to sort of convince producers to let is you it do. More expensive. Um, I don't know if it may be more expensive now. It used to be much, much cheaper. Like when there was a transition, people would you'd have low-budget films like like them was shot in black and white, even though everything every A movie that it ran with was color. That kind of thing. So it was, it was a, it was a cheapness factor, but now I think you have to, it has to be a special, it's a special deal. It's special treatment. And you're talking about turning mm-hmm. off the color, right? Yeah. On films. It made me think, I think I might try to watch the thing with just black and white. Oh, I've done it. It's great. Have it's you done great. it? Yeah. But listen to like, like Romo, for example, remember mm-hmm. Romo, that's all black and white. Yeah. It's right? gorgeous. Incredible. But I think they had a they did a special treatment on it to make sure that it would look good on televisions. Oh yeah, I'm sure because I'm it was sure. a Netflix movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very very heavily uh, post controlled movie. I think. Yes. Yeah, I think he's like that guy is is not afraid of like dialing in. It's not like Tarantino when you got to get it in the camera. Like this guy, all the way through the end, he's like and and making sure yeah. it looks just right. Uh, but it's gorgeous film, and like I also, th- and I also think there's still, there's still cutting edge stuff to be done in black and white because, like, if you watch uh, um, Mank, like Fincher is doing things because that's shot on video, right? He's doing things that you couldn't do in black and white films when he when when you're shooting film, and so he has these. Inc- if you watch that on a great TV, um, like the uh the grading and the uh and the lift he's giving these nighttime backgrounds like you just can shoot this it's incredible looking yeah yeah so there's a, there's a lot of new ground to cover if people want to break into it a really great format <clears throat> but these movies are gorgeous these like and they uh and they don't look like each other which i really like cuz like you have a uh, uh there's a lot of deep focus stuff in um paper moon like a lot of wide angle lens stuff in paper moon that makes it more of like a almost comic booky world. Like it's a very, it's much more of a comedy. It's a comedy. It's, it's broader. Everything is like very, very detailed and very, very big shots, lots of deep staging. And then whereas what you look at um, last picture show and it's like, here's a house 
and a guy and a shitty car. And that's what we have. Right. <laughs> like, that's the movie. I really yeah. thought, like, after I watched these two movies again, I was like, we should have added a third movie and it should have been Young Frankenstein. Because <laughs> <laughs> Cloris. Black and Good white. Cloris. Cloris Leishman, <laughs> Madeline Kahn. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's a crossover. It's the crossover. Yeah. And yeah, they had the true. guy, both films had the guy. So the school teacher in Last Picture that's Show. That's right. Mm-hmm. Was also Magnum the guy P. who was, yes. <laughs> yes, he's also the guy who was the bootlegger and bootlegger, uh, yeah. in in Paper Moon. He Paper played Moon. the bootlegger and his brother, the sheriff. <clears throat> he played both yep. roles, uh, yep. but he was also in uh, Blazing Saddles. He's in Blazing Saddles. That's right. <laughs> he's uh, yeah. What, what he's the guy who's like Nietzsche says. Like, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, he's also in uh, Chinatown. He's the um. Yeah. He's the right. he's the uh the water water uh commission guy in Chinatown. Right. I, lo- I love that actor. Like yeah, and if he was yeah, in he Magnum literally PI, was yeah. Magnum PI guy. Yeah, he so was Magnum PI guy. Yeah, yeah that's right. And then I think he passed away not long ago, guys. Oh really? I, I, that's he's great. He like there's him and the other guy that I love. Is, see if I can describe it. Who who is this dude? The Richard guy Collage. He <laughs> I'm gonna have to look this up. This guy's really hard to even once up once you Richard get Richard Decolte. Let's see. Like, I am the, uh, the database. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can get you guys to recognize this dude. Okay, so first of all, we have to go to um, uh, Parallax View. Oh yes. Okay. And he was in. Um, was he the guy in uh, Knox Landing? I think you're. I think you may be right. That's I think the Knox right. Landing guy who does the interview with him in the thing in the it, hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this dude. Uh, he sh- he shows up all over the It's been 70s. a long time since I've seen Knott's Landing, so I don't. Let's see if I can get this guy. Landing, dude. He was in Knott's Landing. I love guy. this guy. I love. This I know guy. who you're talking about, yeah. and I always forget his name. He's the guy in Parallax View that's blown up on the boat, right? And oh, that guy. That guy, right? And he is literally in every single '70s movie as that guy, and then he's just gone. I don't know what happened to him. But he's like, I think he's like on maybe I don't know the Bionic Man or something like that. Like I remember him being that's a big not part the, of. That's it's not, not the, the not landing guy. But this this guy is uh, is is the uh, is the is the C level version of the other guy we're talking about. <laughs> there's t- there's tiers of that. Do you guy. guys remember the, that, that guy, guy in seventies films who was always the menacing bad guy, but he had really bad skin and he was like blonde but menacing looking, and he had really like pocked distorted face oh there's a couple of those guys yeah yeah a couple of those guys um oh and oh and here's another one this we could do a crossover also because we could do do the bad guy in that movie in the 70s who looked really bad you remember that dude or the good guy also that looked like that oh my god yeah (laughs) charles bronson yes both cases <laughs> no we should do uh, eric i think you'd approve of this we should do a film series entirely of movies that feature kenneth mars uh, which is young frankenstein he's the he's the inspector with a wooden arm yes. in oh, right. young right young frankenstein he's in what's up doc he's in um uh, he's in parallax view like anytime this dude shows up it's a good movie like, they should just say whether he's or not also Ken- plays a random role in malcolm in the middle Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't know that. That's amazing. Like, uh, like he, he should, it's just Oops. like the Kenneth Mars seal Oops. of approval. He shows up. He's a good movie. <laughs> it's Fathering his brother's footsteps. What? <laughs> his footsteps, footsteps, footsteps. Following in his grandfather's 
Buchstabs. <laughs> <laughs> but man, oh man. Yeah, so the, that, that whole team, like Madeline Kahn and Kenneth Mars, and like they throw, they're in so many of the great movies of the 70s, and they're never really like the lead. Like the no. lead is always like Ryan O'Neill. And you're like, great, it's Ryan O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> but the real work is being done by Madeline Kahn. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. I mean, he so was a we... big deal, though, Ryan O'Neill. In oh, the yeah, 70s. love story and all that stuff. Like, yeah, he was a handsome that's dude. What, Absolutely you know. handsome dude, sure. And, you know, he made his money. It's good. I'm happy for him. Who directed Love Story? Oh, I don't remember. That's, it's not, that is not a very good movie. Uh, love Story movie is... <clears throat> pardon, oh, my God. Even the fucking cover is terrible that was yeah, a big hit though it's arthur hiller it, actually good director arthur hiller was dion yeah. warwick did the song or something um maybe so yes maybe With, so uh, uh what's his name who married angie dickinson yeah yeah this is um oh boy who just died yeah uh, like arthur hiller great director did lots of great stuff this is not tops of his list i would say um but that was a probably huge because hit. ryan o'neill was in it that yeah, was a huge hit, though, tremendous hit, tremendous hit. I mean, like, because uh, it's got name? also who is what's that's fucking um, Ali McGraw, uh, Ali McGraw, Ali McGraw yeah, Ali McGraw, and Ali, Ali McGraw is also one of those she not very so, good actor actors. She did right? a movie oh, no, called. No, no. She was so hot, though, dude. Oh, oh yeah, cute yeah, as hell. It kills me. When I was a kid, I love this movie called Goodbye Columbus, and she's in it, mm. and that is a great film with um, Richard. Uh, Benjamin. Oh, yeah, that's right. Goodbye, Columbus and Jack Klugman. It's a New York (laughs) Scarsdale story. Right. Love it. Right, right, right. Yeah, because Ally McGraw is in The Getaway with McQueen. And she also has the same kind of Sybil Shepard likability in that movie. Yeah, where you're just like, she's shitty, but she's perfect for this. And Mm -hmm. like, it adds a certain, like, you know what kind of person this is somehow. And like, Shepard, like, this movie, uh, uh, um, uh, last picture show like Shepard's story is not only sad it's like it's not like sad like sad things happen to her it's like she's really trying to fucking figure out what's like trying to get control of her life she gets screwed and she just gets fucked well yeah but she but I don't have any sympathy for her because she fucked everyone else yeah, it's mean, she does. There. Like she's literally sleeping her way all around the town. She's trying sleeping to her around way town. Out. Let's not be yeah. judgmental. But like yeah. she's in the end, like <laughs> the the scene, like one of the one of the rush to judgment. Okay, like one of the great sex scenes I've ever seen is Sybil Shepherd and the creepy forty year old guy uh, in the pool. Oh, on the pool table. Like that is because it's such an incredible, well shot. By the way, oh, uh, it's like it's this perfect combination because it's so much from her point of view. Um, so that it is actually very sensual and very beautiful, but at the same time, it's extremely nasty and very creepy. Yeah. The and way she two, grips two, the holes. Oh my God. It's fantastic. When the, the pool table, like it's, it's, so it ends up being like sexy, but disturbing. I wonder if that like pool table brilliant, is just brilliant. Well, she's horrified by it. Yeah. She exactly. comes home and is like, what, what's yeah. so creepy is she comes home mm. and she tells her mom is like, how could you sleep with that guy? I just slept with him. Like she just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like her and uh, and her and her mom is the mom from The Exorcist, right? And, uh, right. And she's and she's terrific. And like they like she's just like her mom's just like I wish you just fucked that dude. Like That's just Ellen get it out Bernstein, of your system, right? yeah. yeah. And so like the the kind of conversations that happen in this movie are not 
what you expect at all from any of these characters. Right. And it's all very awkward and very sad and very lonely. And, uh, and characters make decisions where you're like, uh, fucking dumb. And then, but at the same time, you're like, but I know why you're bored. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know there why you feel this going way. On. There's nothing going on here, you know? And, uh, and so, like, when you get to this bit when this, cr- the creepy uncle, is uh is gonna mac on Sybil Shepherd. Like it's an awful scene. But instead of just being judgmental about the scene, like every all of you get all of her feelings. You feel all of her feelings. She's so desperate too, just yeah. to like lose her virginity. It's just Yeah. Oh, and that other creep dude who's like she's at the like party? at the party. Yeah. Like he, and he just grabs her by the pussy. <laughs> yeah, he just goes, What you are you a virgin? She's like, I guess I am. Yeah. Pulls, yeah, exactly. Pulls a Donald Trump on her. Yeah, exactly. He's like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like he's like well, were you a virgin she's like i guess i am and she's like great call me when you ain't anymore right and you're like Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like i got a mouthful of hair this is just fucking awful all every single scene in the movie feels like this there's right. so so few moments of beauty and even they are uh They're beautiful extre- too yeah, are not they, beautiful they are, are not beautiful things are right. fleeting and they're and good moments are instantly replaced by bad moments. And like, you feel like the movie is dying right in front of your eyes the whole time. Uh, and it's really, it's, there's no other movie quite as successful at doing this as this movie. It's a absolutely unique and incredibly depressing ride. Um, but, uh, we should, I suppose we should tell people what it's about. It's about a Texas town in the middle of nowhere. You follow yep. a bunch of high school students as they basically, sleep with one another all over the place uh are really bored by even that they're trying to escape the town they get into fights some of them fuck adults <laughs> you know like everything it's just like ugh. like the you want adults wanna... the adults there's a, there's definitely a, a certain class system that happens a little you know yeah. some people oh, are roughnecks and some people like go to country clubs right and there's only it's like randy one quaid or two in it <laughs> randy quaid is like the, the gangly that's creep. his first movie yeah, and he's is great. Is that his first yeah, movie? He's yeah. excellent in it. Yeah, he's excellent. Um, and he's he's the part person. too. Yeah. Oh and my you can, god. He looks the part. He looks is perfect. Yeah, yeah, and like he is like there are only a few actually good people in the town, and even they have been worn down to almost nothing. You know, yeah. like and so like you have uh, the owner of the uh, of the theater and the diner is and uh, ben, the pool hall and the pool hall is Ben Johnson, right? And he's Sam the Lion, right? Sam DeLion and uh and he is like you can tell like you can't even tell if he used to be a good person but he's just he doesn't do anything dumb anymore because he knows where it goes and so like he, now he's he's cautious and he's kind and he you know he doesn't get like he protects uh like the young not so bright kid you know like is it's that just his like son I think it's sort of at least he's protecting the kid like it's his son it's not really clear right and uh and then there's uh, Eileen Brennan who works for him, you know, who is like on the on the back end of uh, you know, she's like er- early 40s, you know, and she's a good person, but you can see that she's just worn out, you know. And uh and then there's people like um uh uh Frau Blucher, right, who Cloris is Leachman. <laughs> Cloris Leachman, who is perfectly cast as you can you can see that she like a couple of weeks ago, she was beautiful, and now she's a little tiny bit old, right? And right. Uh, and she starts sleeping with. I mean, she's married to like the the school uh, 
the high school uh, coach, Fo- football coach, yeah. football coach, right? And she starts sleeping with um, Timothy Bottoms, who's one of the high school students, and like their whole affair is like it's like it's uh, in the beginning you're like this is totally this is totally a bad idea and totally inappropriate, but at very least someone is mildly happy for a short period of time. Well, it's and interesting then, course, about it. It's one like, disaster also. <laughs> she, she does this thing where she's you know, crying at seven and she's like, well, you know what, well, before they start sleeping together and she's crying and she's always crying. Mm-hmm. She's highly, highly, yeah, highly yes. depressed, right? Yes. Yes. Her life has gone wrong and she's yeah. upset. And married and to a like, terrible guy. Married to a terrible guy. And it's like, well, I'm sure you'll be happier when basketball season's over and you know, why would I care spend about that? As well as you spend more time with your husband. And she's right. like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. So apparent, according to Leishman, the reason that you'd never see the husband, never really care, whatever. Uh, I think it was in the book or they were supposed to film it, but they never got it in the film uh, or had it in the edit. Husband's gay. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I totally – you totally get that impression, yeah, right? Just by the way he's ogling the boys running around. Yeah, he's like, yeah exactly. Like, and he, he sends him to go check out his wife. Or, like, yes, work. exactly. Exactly. And so like you know, she's like, yeah, I made a mistake marrying him and you yeah. know, now I got nothing and I don't know how to change my life. Right. You know, and so she's like, she falls for Timothy Bottom simply because he is youth, and that's it. Like, there's nothing interesting about him. He's no, fucking... she's really into him. She brings, well, she's she brings into him, him for sure. Yeah. yeah, like there is real, like there's real happiness, but for youth her. reasons. Yeah, yes, exactly. Okay. Like she gets because like there's one cut, one of my favorite edits in the entire movie, right? Is when Timothy Bottoms um, ends up making out with Sybil Shepherd, who is uh, Jeff Bridges' girlfriend. Right. Right. We'll get and, to that relationship. Right. And, uh, and he, uh, like, you know, just from it happening that he's no longer going to be hooking up with, um, Rob Luca anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Timothy Bottoms is making out with Sybil Shepherd and he, like, he's like, well, maybe we should get a hotel room. And, uh, Sybil Shepherd goes, no, no, we got time. We got all summer. And it, as she says it, it fades to Cloris Leachman alone right. in her bedroom. Like it's one of the most powerful moments in movies. Like here's the summer passes, my friends, like right. you don't have all summer, like summer's going to go away. And here we are, you know, and it's fine. That's, that's when he drives up, looks in her window and then drives on. And it's just like, fuck, <laughs> like if you don't like that flavor, don't watch this movie because <laughs> you will be very fucking depressed at the end of this movie. Yeah, it is a, it is the best of your life is behind you film, even if you're 18 years old. Well, the thing that happened <laughs> in this really movie sad, is though. his stuff, like things in his life slowly, slowly disappear mm-hmm. one at a time, at a time, at a time. Like he, there's, there's all these reasons he's still hanging out in the town. Right. And as that, uh, you know, when he finally at the end, he's like leaves, it's like, cause Nothing's happened, right? He's he's got nothing. He's got nothing. He's literally. But at the beginning, the beginning is sort of like hanging around. Yeah, there's going to the pool hall. Right. There's the movie theater. There's the pool hall. There's the diner. There's 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 girls. There's girls. Right. Him and Jeff Bridges are like best friends. Right. And Jeff Bridges is great in this movie just because like he is he's like he's super fun. He's really pretty, but he's also very kind. uh, yeah, he's just like a really likable, nice guy. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. He's a great American actor, man. I and love like he's yeah, in the, like he's so hard not to like him. Like it's just like just I like, looking at this dude, right? Uh, and I think that he because I think that Timothy Bobbin's character is a better person than Jeff than Jeff Bridges's character. Like Jeff Bridges' character doesn't have a lot of integrity, but he's because, a little shallow. Yeah, he's a little shallow, right? But because Bridges is so likable, it makes me like Bottoms more. Like, right. yeah, Bo- Bottoms is sort of like a schlub. Like he's not he's not a very interesting personality. He's just the camera point of view in the movie that things are happening to. Um, he's not a bad actor in the movie. He's fine. Um, but like he is given character by the people that he is nearby, and when he's with Jeff Bridges, you're like. Uh, I wish these guys could be buds forever. And it really makes the film feel like there's a possibility of goodness there. Right. There isn't. <laughs> Just to let you know, there's no goodness in it all ends. Yeah. <laughs> but Jeff Bridges is dating Sybil Shepherd. Sybil Shepherd comes from, she's the rich girl in town, right? Her mm-hmm. dad owns the factory or whatever, the, right. the, the, the oil rigs. Um, and so they all, everyone in town sort of works at the oil derricks, but you know, the dad, you know, her dad is, owns it. Mother, bored out of her mind <laughs> yes. in yep. this town. All she's doing is just watching TV and drinking bourbon yep. uh, and telling her daughter that she should lose her virginity just to get it over with. Just get it over with before you marry the wrong guy. Before yeah, you marry just... the wrong guy. Right, right. And yeah. and it's just Sybil Shepherd is with Isn't that uh, what Chris always screams at us. Like, just, like, lose your just for God's just sakes, safe. people, you're over 50. Just oh. get it done. Get it done. What are you, a, be a better podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, like, uh, and I really like um, uh, um, what's her name, uh, Ellen Burstyn in this movie. I never. It's hard to. I uh, I hadn't seen it in a while, and I was like, oh, she's actually of a, a type of actress that was very popular at the time. Yeah, you know, like she is very much the, in in the vein of like you see like actors and actresses like you see sort of. Uh, crops of them that all kind of look alike. Like Ellen Burstyn was the successful one of her, of her class uh, of actors for that time period. You know, it's like you see a lot of actors that look like Lee Remick all show up at the same time, that kind of thing. And Ellen Burstyn's one of those. I was really, it was like, this is a crossover movie for her to become a serious real actor. She had a little bit of a Natalie Wood look to her. Yeah. Right. Right. She's on the periphery of that. She's in the wake of right. Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. She's yeah. very good. I like her in this movie a lot. Uh, she's, she is she's very, better very good. Later. Yeah. She's very good, especially when yep. they, she tells her the story about her. And- Surprisingly, though, it's well, it's good casting. She does have this quality when she was with Sybil Shepherd. It's almost like she really could pass off as her mother. Yeah, it's very true. Like the their their uh, rapport is great, and like because they, they have looks, just a very it's just she was older, yeah. but it still is like oh yeah, yeah, and they just feel like kinda... they've you know they've been through this routine so many times. They're complaining about exactly the same stuff, you know, and like they they really like she knows how to at least I mean Sybil Shepherd always gives the same act, but like at least Burston knows how to work with it, uh, uh, to make it feel like it's fresh. You know, and it's a really, really interesting relationship because when you see this in any other movie, like it's like, oh, don't let those boys get you. And she's just, just fuck them. Just get it done. Otherwise it'll dominate your life. Right. Which it does. Which it does. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the big thing that her is that they're going steady with Jeff Bridges. Mother is like, he's, he's not going to 
be very good for you because he's going to be poor, et cetera. You should yep. go to college and marry a rich kid. Marry a rich guy. Right. Yep. And so she doesn't want to do that. But then she goes to the dance and Randy Quaid is there and he's like, you got to come to the dance. Come to the dipping. So someone's <laughs> like having a party and everyone took all their clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it's going to yeah, be yeah, real crazy. God. His parents are out in town again. And she's like, well, I don't know about that. I got my boyfriend, et cetera. And then finally she's like, I'll go. And then she, Jeff Bridges, who just spent like a shit ton of money giving her a watch. Right. It was a right. gift. Yep. Uh, she says, well, I got to go to this other party. My mother's insisting, she says. Mm, total liar. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would I'd rather hang out with you, obviously, but. Yeah. I got to go. She goes to the skinny, skinny dipping party. And, yeah. Uh, which is an incredibly good scene. And yeah. she finally goes in the pool naked, but forgot to take off the watch. And breaks and the watch. Breaks the watch. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Like, so here's an interesting piece of trivia. That uh, watch. This. No. Was it Timex? So, uh, <laughs> used was in a James Bond. Thunderball. Bond. Yeah. <laughs> takes a licking and keeps <laughs> on ticking. Uh, the, the, it, the way they filmed it, they filmed it so that it was two different shots where the peop, there was no one – when Sybil Shepard was supposed to strip on the diving board – no one else was in there except for uh, the director, the cameraman, and the sound guy. That's it. Right. Right? Right. Right. Uh, and then the reverse shots were all uh, – she wasn't there. Right. The – they did a scene like this, and I forgot the name of it, but it was – I think it was supposed to be about this movie. Yes. With Sharon Stone. Yes. And they did the same shot – as with 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 Sharon Stone doing that to sort of showcase what was going on, uh, right, right, or right, how right. it happened. But in the Sharon Stone movie, everyone was there, mm-hmm. and she said, "I could hear someone in the background says, get out of the way! I can't see her tits.'" Like no, literally man. yelling this right. on set, right, right. And apparently, it was like it was horrible, yeah. <laughs> like a horrible yeah. experience. Yeah, 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 man. It's I don't pretty, remember what that, that movie is. I'll have to look that one up. It's pretty. But good. apparently, I think it's supposed to like it's supposed to be. I think her I've seen it. And some other guy who's supposed to be the equivalent Bogdan- of Bogdanovich, Bog- right? Yes, yeah. that's right. I think I've seen that. It's not Star Eighty, but it's the redo of the Star Eighty. Oh, I gotta remember. It's what something. That. It's, to I read it in the, the trivia thing today. I was like, oh, that's. Creepy. I actually think I've seen that. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, Star Eighty. Like Bogdanovich is portrayed. Right. That's right. Because Bogdanovich was married to um, the, uh, what's, what, who's the Jen- playmate? Dorothy Stratton. Dorothy Stratton. And Dorothy Stratton was killed by her agent, right? Or no, her manager, who was manager, the guy that sorry, created yeah. Chippendales. Right. And who's played by James Woods, uh, I think, in Star 80. And so, like, no, Eric Roberts. Is it Eric Roberts? I haven't seen it in so long. I'm sorry, Eric Roberts. Eric, okay, you're doing so you got you're, you're nailing nail it, it today. Nailing it. Nailing, nailing it. it. <laughs> uh, so, Sea Star Eighty. It's a very good movie. And which what's I've, his name? Of Taxi Driver directed it, right? Uh, what well, it's uh, the guy who directed um, uh, Roy Scheider in All That Jazz. Uh, Fosse. It's a Fosse movie. That's really? a Fosse movie. Yep. But I think it was written by uh, Schrader. Schrader. I think it's yeah. I think you're right. I think it is Schrader. You're right. So it's a uh, Bob Fosse, Paul Schrader writing, um, and uh, Mariel Hemingway, I believe, as uh, Dorothy Stratton. 
Very good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. Obviously. I like that movie. Yeah. And, uh, um, and <clears throat> so this really, that really messed up, um, Bogdanovich quite badly because he was like, he was really smitten with, uh, Stratton. And he would, uh, like, what was the movie that he okay, was Okay, so just... the name of the movie, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt real quick because I had to look yeah. it up. Good. The name of the movie that Sharon Stone did was called Irreconcilable Differences, and it was a 1984. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. I forgot about it. Yeah, it has Drew Barrymore in it, right? It is, uh, yes, Drew Barrymore. Yes, I've <laughs> seen that. Yeah. Also has Ryan O'Neill. Ryan O'Neill. God bless uh, you. Shelley Long. Yep. I forgot yeah. about that movie. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Ryan O'Neill plays the Bogdanovich character. Oh god, that's funny. Okay, that's pretty good. Maybe that's good. Uh, so it, this is what I was saying is like, oh my god, there's so many differences and yeah, this is interesting to me. <laughs> you know, that's I'm going to have to look that up. That's interesting. That's interesting. But yeah, so like Bogdanovich had sort of like a Roman Polanski-ish event happen in his life. And afterwards his movies are um yeah, like he sort of just stopped. He doesn't stop making movies, but he steps he did Mask, back a which little I like. bit. Mask is a very good movie. It's a very good movie. It's not quite on the like. No. It's a very. It's a good movie all by itself. There's this no is his best it. movie. But like this movie is phenomenal, and he never really approaches that again. So, well, like, because Polly Platt did all the writing and picked everything, and right, they like were these, partners. There are so many weird influences from outside, like Wells and Polly Platt and Dorothy Stratton and all the stuff that 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 push his career around even when uh streisand when he did uh what's up doc you know you know and so like you never like he for be for someone who had like a uh has so much film knowledge and all this kind of stuff like he never really gets his own voice outside of this movie like this movie is paper moon and paper man okay i'll say these two movies like this is these are the ones that really define him and the other one i would throw in there also is uh saint jack Saint Jack, like, I like. I too. love, love, love Saint Jack. Uh, but uh, after that, like he's, you know, he's obviously very wounded by his experiences, and he doesn't really push things hard artistically. And his movies are good, like The Cat's Meow, uh, but he never ever returns to his his no. um, this early seventies stuff. Horror. I like, yeah. And I think he just pushed it too far, as you said. And I think his wife, or at least at the time, the wife at the time, and and was a big influence in his life and yeah. he kind of blew it. Yeah. But at a the same time, for he sure. did stuff that I just thought was so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he eventually, after Dorothy Stratton was murdered, he moved in with her sister and they started dating and lived oh, together. Oh, wow. That's weird. That's very weird. Her younger sister. Yeah. 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 That's strange. So there's just kind of this like, what? Yeah. Are you serious? So there's a little bit of that going on there. So I think he just kind of. And it's weird to think of this dude who is like very, you know, like he wears like a cravat and like has like, he's sort of a Wes Anderson-y kind of type. He was a great man, but he was his own thing. And I loved that yeah. about him. And his movies stand up. You know, I've always, oh, yeah. well, not always said, but I've said, you can just make one or two great films and that's it. You're done. Yeah, for sure. He's yeah. the guy because. Yeah. I think those films are great. He made stupid life decisions. Yeah. Um, but it, like, but it's, that was a lot of his life and stuff was discussed. Actually, uh, those stupid life decisions, as you say, Eric, uh, are talked about in uh, the book, uh, uh, Raging uh, Easy Riders. Easy Riders, Raging Bulls. Yeah. Also, there, that podcast you turned me on to, Dan. Oh, where uh, they, you, you must know, remember pop- this. You must yeah, remember Polly this. Platt. Terrific. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, 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 terrific. That's where the story about about uh, uh, Tatum O'Neill came from in that podcast. Oh man, that's brutal. That's brutal. Yeah, yeah, that really. (laughs) Holly Platt also is the one that discovered The Simpsons. It really, really, wow, dude, wow, wow. She worked for James L. Brooks. And so she said, you've got to check this cartoonist out. And she picked the whole thing up. I know that she didn't get the money like Brooks got, but he gave her a little something, something apparently. But she jokes about that on the podcast. She's like, I, you know, if I negotiated better, she discovered Matt Groening. She said, this guy is really interesting. Let's put his stuff in the front of Tracy Ullman show. Oh, that's incredible, dude. Yeah. like I'm, Was uh, she working on the Tracy Ullman show? No, but James L. Brooks was uh, – he had a production company. So she was working out of the production company or something like that. And she just said, this is a really great voice. We should do something with it. And she persuaded them to look into Matt Groening's world. And then they did a short film. Then they made the show. Oh, man. She is uh, – so now looking at uh, Polly Platt's uh, – uh, she's a producer and she went on to do – uh, say anything, broadcast news, terms of endearment, or the James Roses. L. Brooks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's terrific. Yeah, she's really something. That's why. But bottle, she was in charge. Wes Anderson. That's right. She discovered yeah. Wes Anderson. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. So she's like had this that whole actually voice. makes sense if you think about Texas. Yeah. It's, the same, and Wes it's the same thing, exactly. Right. Because like, she they're, discovered they're, 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 them, and so essentially, what the smart thing about James L. Brooks was is that James L. Brooks, she's was a genius. And she was, I knew about her when I was in grad school mm-hmm. for production design. And I, you know, like her and Billy Gibbons and, you know, and the thing was that um, she was his secret weapon. And then James L. Brooks brings her on and she was his secret weapon. Oh, that makes perfect right? sense. Because I think she had something to do with bringing broadcast news in. Yeah. All these films, Terms of, uh, terms of Endearment. Terms of Endearment, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, She's the one that worked and massaged the scripts tr- yeah. and said, I see it this, this way, and this way. That's yeah. what Bogdanovich had, and James L. Brooks took it. That's really funny because, like, yeah, like because uh, Bogdanovich, if you get, if you get, if people get to see the cha- get a chance to see uh, what's it called, um, there's two films on Netflix which you really should see. One is Orson Welles' last movie called The Other Side of the Wind, which was finished editorially by Bogdanovich um, and stars Bogdanovich uh, at, in, in his, uh, at the same period of time. Um, and also John Huston and all sorts of other, you know, Dennis, Dennis Hopper and all sorts of, uh, uh giant people. Hey, um, man. And, uh, also, uh, uh, they'll love me. Uh, they'll love me when I'm dead, which is about Orson Welles, but has a lot to do with Bogdanovich. And, uh, and it's really, it's just odd to me to think of like this movie, like, um, uh, last picture show, which is about as honest a movie you can get about like the East Texas, you know, lifestyle, um, is being directed by this almost New Yorker kind of character. Uh, yeah, 100% from Brooklyn, Jewish yeah. New Yorker yeah. from Brooklyn, I think. And yeah doing that yeah and like from the new yorker magazine like he's no, he's like uh, yeah, yeah or esquire or something or like esquire that. like he's the kind of character that you'd expect in like a sound like a story. woody allen film yeah exactly <laughs> because he has this kind of law kind of kind of voice to him and i just can't imagine him directing like ben johnson through this incredible scene he's like completely i'd expect ben johnson to punch him in the face <laughs> but uh he understood he new understood york city yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he, he understood characters so well, uh, uh, 
uh, in his prime, there is very few directors better at these very subtle, getting very subtle, very appropriate performances out of even mediocre actors. Really, really something to see. I, I actually think it was, uh, uh, kind of amazing to, he did this, but there was something, something else that I kind of loved about this. And this is, again, you know how I have a love of Texas. <laughs> true, true. And this, 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 had uh, a feeling to it. Now I should note that similar to American Graffiti, almost all the music in here is music that's playing on the radio in the background of the room. Right. 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 It's either on the, on the radio in the car or radio in the room. And it's almost all Hank Williams. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and often it is absolutely contrary to the scene that you're watching it in. Right. Like at least they're like happy jaunty tune. Yeah. yeah. And it's really, yeah. In a really painful sequence. It's really, really great. Right. Or a love song during. Yeah. A but breakup. his stuff had a beautiful pain. <laughs> yes. But yes. you see Hank Williams is like all out of beautiful pain. Yep. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So it's, that's another sort of Quentin Tarantino uh, touchstone is using ironic use of pop music uh over sequences he's bogdanovich is doing that only with country music hank williams songs right uh in in this movie yeah absolutely so there was all i could think of and it's almost it's funny how these things happen right i could almost smell it when the when when the songs are playing so there is a there's a a a restaurant actually a, a series of restaurants that are all owned by the same place, but there's different restaurants all around the block from them. It's called good company mm-hmm. in Houston and they have good company, barbecue, good company, uh, tacos, and then good company, seafood. And they're all amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. But specifically when you go to good company, barbecue and you get Texas barbecue there, the smell of the mesquite, you can smell the mesquite. Mm-hmm. Everything has yeah, that. Oh, it's so good. It's like yeah. going to yeah. Austin. They're yeah. only smell playing Hank Williams the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. That's right. That's and so right. it's just, when I'm listening to this, I could almost like smell the mesquite that oh, from the front town. And, you know, when he's talking about, uh, at the, at the tank with the fishing tank, mm-hmm. he's like, ah, he talks about the mesquite the mesquite trees there. And I was like, Oh my God, I can just, I know exactly where they are. Let me ask you a question. The fishing tank, that's just a man-made pond. It is. It is. It's basically for the cattle to drink. Oh, got it. But fish are in there. Well, apparently there's none in that tank, (laughs) which he says, I don't like catching fish. I don't like it. It's mostly turtles. (laughs) Mostly turtles. Which is symbolic of the town. Right. Yeah. Yep. A bunch of slow moving dead end creatures. Like did he have, because we, he did. He we, runs into his father. He's right. He runs home. into his father, but where is his mother? She was playing fiddle on stage. I don't know. I'm just guessing. <laughs> because it just doesn't seem like he had any parents. Right. And so clearly yeah. he he's estranged to his dad. He doesn't want to talk to his dad. Right. Right. But he loves Sam the Lion like a dad. Mm. I mean, mm. absolutely loves him. Yep. Who yep. wouldn't? And who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? It's, it's Ben. Goddamn. Yeah, he's Ben Johnson. Man, he's so good. And and I, I the scene where like they try to get the 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 the, the dumb kid to mm-hmm. have sex with the with the Ugh. prostitute. Oh, so so brutal, right? And then they. They admit to 
Sam what they did. Yeah, he's like, none of you guys are welcome any of my my stuff anymore. Yep, you're not welcome into my businesses, and I want to know. No one's allowed to order toast for me anymore. Yeah, right. That's right. And so, but (laughs) Jeff Bridges hides behind things, so he doesn't play good. I can still play pool. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a good thing I was sleeping. (laughs) You're like, you fucking scumbag. You're a liar. You're a liar. And then at least he, wrong. he forgives. Uh, yeah, he's great. Like he, he does. Uh, he does forgive uh, Timothy Bottoms anyway. In the, that's in the scene that's the scene I want to talk about because it was such a great scene, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's left out, right? Yeah. He's completely left out, and he's sitting there, and his uh, uh, he's he's basically lonely because he's mm-hmm. that's the only life he had was with Sam. And the and the the diner in yep. the movie theater, and Eileen Brennan, exactly. Right. That's, and so that's he finally shit. just goes in and tries to see the waitress at the at the diner, and she's like, "You look skinny." He's like, "Well, I haven't had a burger in like two weeks." I one of your burgers. God, so she's it. like, "Fine, I'll make you a burger." And she sort of lectures him about what he did, mm-hmm. which in and, the end wasn't that bad. Well, it's like they, he, it's he, sort of a well-meaning he, he, thing. It's he didn't like really trying, want them to do that. He just kind yeah. of went along with it. Like, like it's like the kid. It's not they're, they're not forcing the kid to do something the kid doesn't want to do. It's just that the kid is like his his. He's not. He doesn't get all the fucking stuff upstairs. And like, right. it's it's not the right thing to be doing. Like, the kid's having a good time for a while until like. He gets the, punched in the face. The prostitute punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it just like, it just turns into this weird, shameful mess. You know, yeah. and then, uh, and then Ben Johnson basically stands up and says like, you know, you're, you're not going to be good people if this is how you act. Like, right. yeah, why, why even bother knowing you? Like, I've yeah. seen plenty of this fucking nonsense and it's nothing new to me. But then he's there and he's about, you know, he's, Waiting for his burger to be finished and plays a record, some Hank Williams or something. Hmm. And, uh, uh, um, Ben Johnson and the retarded kid come in, mm-hmm. right? Right. the slow kid. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, they come in and he's like, uh, <laughs> I know yeah. I'm not supposed to be here. He's like, I just want to talk to the waitress. Yeah. And, uh, and the kid's like totally fine with him. He's the, like, hey, the kid doesn't care because <laughs> the, the kid, kid loves shit. The kid loves him. Timothy Bottoms. He loves friend. Timothy Bottoms. And yeah. so he comes up to him and he turns his hat upside uh, backwards, yeah. which is the thing he loves to do. Yeah. And yeah, he's so happy to see his friend. Uh, but he's obviously knows he's not welcome there. Yep. And then she puts the burger down on the table. Yeah. Hard. Hard. <laughs> <It's> like bank. <laughs> bank. And he's. <laughs> He's about and he says about like your burger's getting cold. Says yep. and he's like that's how he says he forgives him. You know, yeah, because I mean, essentially, him and Eileen Brennan are his parents, like right, and like yeah. uh, functionally his parents, right? You know, and uh, and it's and it's the fact that the uh, that the you know that the dumb kid doesn't know, like he's just like goes and has a good time with him. That's the thing that makes uh, Ben Johnson go, all right. Like you can see that he's like. Oh, Fuck, I can't like I can't keep these guys away from each other. Yeah, they, like don't like that's I'm, cool. I'm hurting yeah, exactly. the, the the other kid. The kid. Yeah. <laughs> just just to prove a point. Yeah, he's yeah. not gonna do that. Yeah. You know? So like which just proves that Ben Johnson is an even more moral character because he's not standing up for his own ego. He's just like, I'll let this go because of this. You know, there it is. Right. It's fine. It's know? the right and thing just, to do. Like, it's, it's the, the right, right thing, thing to do to forgive him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he could just tell like, that the kid that the that, that he felt bad. 
Yeah. So and it's it's a, like the it's like there are movies where there are bleak movies where everyone's a fucking jerk and everyone's griping about stuff and everyone's mean to each other and those movies don't really feel like anything after a while. Right. This one hurts because at the center of it, you're like you know, like Timothy Bottoms is a good kid and you know that these people want to do right it's just this fucking situation is dreadful and it's wearing everyone away you know and it's just this endless you know uh exhaustion that people finally give in to doing dumb shit uh, over and over again they're just teens yeah yeah dumb kids but i i what i think is so awesome about it is that that whole thing is said with like four words and none of it is what they actually say. It's like your burger's getting cold. Yeah. There's no big that's talk it, that's, out. You don't need to say anything else, but you can yeah. imply everything else. It's so yeah. well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, this is the, this is the thing that has been largely lost in the way that we consume media. No, no, today. we have to tell people exactly how they feel. Yes. In long and monologues and explain long, every emotion. Yes. Long monologues to tell yes. you exactly what you're supposed to The backstory to that actually it's just like what the fuck dude like all this stuff like if this were on a regular Netflix show everyone would be really explicitly using therapist language to talk about how we should act in that right now therapist language and I'm yes. just like just fucking show me what happens show me an example your burger is cold said yeah. so much yes. and had yes. nothing to do with the burger yeah <laughs> But it said when so you much. said that to me, that really made me feel, I don't know, abandoned in a way that I did when I was a child. Get on with it. Get on with it. Put the fucking burger down. <laughs> That'll get to the story right away. Agree. Let, let the feelings happen, you know. Uh, so, yeah. So I thought it was – I just was one of my favorite scenes. And obviously followed shortly by the scene of them at the fishing tank. Yeah. Where yeah. – That's a beautiful scene. Which is – a classic, an absolute classic. Just, yeah. Yep. I mean, it's obviously the scene that got him the Oscar. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And like just telling the story about having this perfect time with this girl when he's young, and you're just like mesmerized. Well, by him. it's 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 this scene that you're behind right now, yeah, right? right here, right. And, exactly. and not only are you mesmerized, but so is uh, Timothy. Uh, Timothy Bottoms, yeah. Bottoms is mesmerized by him. And you can yep. tell how much he just is looking at him and trying to understand. Yep. And of course, he finds out that he knows that he's been sleeping with Cloris Leishman. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, no, we all know about it. Everyone knows about <laughs> so it. Everybody fucking knows. Don't be Everyone silly. Knows. You know. And then, but he tells him about this, this, how he was in, with this woman. Uh, and she was, uh, you know, they were young and crazy and did crazy things. And she t- constantly dared him to do these crazy things on horses and r- r- swim across things and how he absolutely loved her. But it turns out she was married. Yep. <laughs> and and it's just this, this story about about her and he's just completely enamored by it. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's a beautiful scene. Yep. Which you find out later that woman was – Sybil Shepherd's, Shepherd's mother. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And and, she- I, and I I love in that scene when when you finally find this out and and um and Sybil Shepherd's mother played by what's her face fantastic Ellen Burstyn like she's really talking it out with Timothy Bottoms and for like he is looking at her like this is the this is the dream girl like this is it right and because Timothy Bottoms has already been sleeping with 
uh, uh, Frau Blucher, like you're like, is he going to try to get with Ellen Burstyn also? And you can, and she goes, yeah, no. And like, she thinks about it for a second. She's like, yeah, no, I'm going to get going. <laughs> yes, we're both searching for the same thing, but we're not going to find it in each other, my friend. That's not going to work out. Yeah, that's not, that's just more pain. Yep. Yep. It's, it's such a brilliant bit, but yeah, like this, this movie has, um, one, the ending scene of this movie is top five saddest things I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, pretty much. It is so heartbreaking. It's, it's beyond description and it's all for all the good actors in this movie, like Cloris Leachman, if you've only ever seen her in young Frankenstein, you are not ready for her main scene in this movie like it is unbelievably good we can get and, to that in a second yeah. because i want to talk about that but uh we have to sort of see how oh, that, we, had, yeah, why we get to that point yeah. uh but uh so so another thing that happens is that uh you know Sybil shepherd is trying to sleep with everyone trying to lose her virginity trying to trying to and the guy says sleep with me you know, once you lose your virginity, give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, she says, yeah, okay, sure. great. So now I have to lose my virginity. So she tries to convince Jeff Bridges to sleep with her and he doesn't he do it yeah, right. He can't get it up. He can't get it up. He's like, doesn't feel right. Right. I don't know what, I don't know what happened. I don't uh, know what happened. Uh, yeah. And he's like, I don't know. And so, so she's upset and then she pretends that she did sleep with her. When she right. tells her friends, it's like, it was magical. It can't describe the words. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, I just can't even put it to words. She's <laughs> like, oh, my God. After she basically throws fucking throws her shoe at Jeff Bridges for, I've never met a meter boy in my life. Because <laughs> you know, poor dude, he's just like performance anxiety. She's like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> yeah, she was so bratty. Like, oh, she was so terrible. It's funny as hell. So all of that happened. Uh but so she does finally lose her virginity to well, and, many and what I, Yeah, yeah. And what I really love about uh, uh, her character and how she's portrayed in this, like, she never loses agency. Like, she's always choosing to do these things. Like, right. it's not like she's not played off. It's just like, oh, and then men just whisk me away or anything. She's like, she's like okay, I'm going to try and fuck that guy. And then right. she goes for it, right? And, like, she's never, like, swindled. Like you she's always she just wants to grow up so she can get out. Yeah, she just wants to fucking get get to the next stage. Right, like, like she when, when she, she's, her mother's lover shows up to the house trying mm -hmm. to find the mother to have right. sex with her, right. and she says she's not here. Say, I've never gotten to the pool hall before. Yeah, and you know well, the I pool hall's closed. Pool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> you to the pool hall. I'll take you to the pool hall. It's yeah, like, oh, okay. great. And so, so, yeah, so that's her saying, like, yeah, take me to pool hall and have sex with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's in control of the sequence that happens. Right. And it doesn't keep it from being any less nasty or creepy no, or weird. Terrible. But she is choosing the whole time for this to happen for a very specific reason, you know, and uh, and like an emotional reason that, because she wants to be out of this town in a, in many, in an emotional way and in a real way. You think he knows that and he just takes advantage of it's it and advantage. that's why he's he so give rude shit. to her at the end? Yeah. He's just like, I'm just using you. Like I'm using your mother. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah. You know, I don't have to treat you well. I'm not, oh, I don't owe you anything. Yeah. You know? And it's just like the, you know, the, the emptiness of that. Like it's just such a God. Yeah. I wish I, I think that scene would be very upsetting for people today and they wouldn't know exactly what to do with it, but it's my favorite kind of scene where you, you have very complicated emotions about what's happening. Right. 
Man, it's brilliantly brilliant. It's one of the best scenes in the movie, and it's extraordinarily uncomfortable. Yeah, and then when she comes back to her house, and she starts crying and complains to her mother, it's like, "Why would you ever sleep with that guy? He's horrible." Yeah, it's weird <laughs> it's how her mother's just like, <laughs> and the mother's like, yeah. ah. it's so comfortable <laughs> with it. It's just yeah, so weird." Like, yeah, and I, I, but there I are a lot of mother-daughter relationships like that. Right. Yeah. All you have to do is watch OC County or like the Real Housewives. Of <laughs> Real <County>. Housewives, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the Real Housewives of, uh, of the Last Picture Show. Yeah, this uh, is a yeah, like it's a, it's it's bitterly depressing, and the whole movie feels like this death trap. Right. <laughs> There's just no way out of this town. Yeah, yeah, but that's like so many things, and it's like, do you get uh, when you get out? Are you really out? Yeah. Well, that's what. That's how they, yeah. That's how the movie ends. By the way, I know. Uh, but, it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, the the one point he's with Jeff Bridges, and they're like, "Well, let's do something. Let's go to Mexico." They're like, "Let's." So they get a wild hair up their butt, and they say they're going to go to Mexico, right? Which to me, actually, it sounded like it reminded me of my story when my friend Keith and I were like, "Well, let's go to Big Bend." What? <laughs> right, yeah. what? Yeah, what? right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're gonna. That's a twelve-hour drive. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. Right. Right. Sure. And so when they do that. They go to Mexico. You do not see Mexico. You don't you get do to not, like. You we don't hats. get to go. No, we don't get to go to Mexico. But they say they're going to go to Mexico, and they talk to uh, uh, Sam the Lion, right. and he's like, "You guys are crazy." And I was like, ah, "I used to do crazy stuff like that when I was young, you know." And, and, and he says, "You have enough money?" He goes, "Yeah, we have enough money." It's like, "You better take some more for insurance." And it just shows how he's just like taking care father of these kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Figure, right? Exactly. You know, he, he wants them to, he does want them to have a good time. He does want them to have an adventure, but he also yeah. warns them like, be careful. Don't, don't get the clap. Drink, yeah. Don't get the clap and don't drink the water. Cause you'll get sick. Right. Uh, cut, cut to they're back from Mexico and, and they, they're, they're both, sick. They're both sick. They're like, Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They both got serious problems. Yeah. Uh, and but then there was they definitely go- that moment there when it was like the exposition moment. Where they do in every road movie where it's like, give me a Tom's. You ate it four hours ago in Albuquerque. In no, Albuquerque. Like, <laughs> they use it to like as That's a like slapstick. I want, yeah, I want a piece of gum or they use something that the right. character wants, but they're out of it and he doesn't realize. And then they help explain the time. Like right, it right. was five hours ago in Albuquerque. Right. And you you ate- know they came from Mexico because he's wearing a sombrero. That's right. Big, big <laughs> dumb sombrero. It's just the yeah, stupidest thing. Bro. It's so dumb. And then, like, and so, like, they have this little slapsticky bit in the car about being sick and whatnot. And then they, um, they pull over, they talk to this guy, and they find well, they that. pull over, and the yeah. diner's closed, and the diner's, the diner's never closed. closed. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, how is that closed? That's And then they sense. run into the John Ford extra. Yep. And yeah. he's like, how can you not know? Oh, you weren't in town. Oh, that's right. You were in Mexico. That's right. And it right. turns out, Sam died. Sam died <laughs> while yeah, they were in Mexico. Sam yep. died. Yep. Uh, and, uh, which totally throws him for a loop. Turns out that he left, uh, the, uh, the pool hall to, uh, Timothy. What's his right. name? Right. Timothy bottoms. Sam. Timothy bottoms. Yep. And so he is in shock because that he had a huge admiration for, for him. So it was real yep. hard for him. Um, yep. but, uh, and then he left a thousand dollars for the preacher's son, who was a yep. pedophile. <laughs> Turns yep. out, yep. Uh, and uh, what else? Uh, what else? Uh, and then the movie theater, the movie theater, and, uh, yeah, to the waitress. 
Yeah, no, uh, the waitress no, t- gets the diner. The waitress. Timothy Bottoms gets the theater. And no, gets, oh, gets the, the, gets the uh, pool, hall. pool hall. And, and the theater goes to the old lady. And he goes to the old lady, right. And the old lady who basically ran, she barely knows how to do a popcorn machine. Um, yeah. But uh, so now he owns a pool hall and that's like a anchor. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's it. You're good. You're, you're stuck here, buddy. The anchor. And that's so it. they go to the funeral for him. Right. By the way, that scene, that funeral scene, mm-hmm. um, Bogdanovich lost his dad. He had to leave set for a little bit uh, oh, to deal with that. And the first scene he shot was the funeral scene when he came back from burying his dog. Oh, oh God. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so things, when that guy dies, that's the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. And it's the last heart of the town. It's just yeah. gone. Yep. Yeah. And it, it starts, everything starts to, to go to hell. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, he stops dating court. He tries, uh, uh, oh, yes. He blows her off. Well, Sybil Shepherd, her whole plan backfires because right. the guy who says, come on back, you know, call me when you're, re- when you're not a virgin. Yeah. Anymore, he got married. He got married. So she's not. Yeah. Cause she dumps Jeff Bridges. She dumps Jeff tells Bridges. Tells the guy that goes and sleeps with the other guy. Tells right. Jeff Bridges, I'm with him now. Right. Jeff Bridges is like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to join the oil rig and take off of this town. Yeah, I have no reason. You're the only thing reason I'm in town. So he right. just leaves town and, and, uh, goes to Adeline or whatever, or yep. uh, Modessa or whatever it is yep. in Texas. Have you been to those places? Not that part of East Texas. No. I mean, West Texas. No. Yeah. Uh, I've yep. been south of that. I've been down in the, uh, in the south. And then I've been on the, in the panhandle as well, but not. Right. How of, far is that by car? Say, from Houston. Where? So it's huge, right? So let me just put it this way. If I'm driving from Houston, Texas to Los Angeles, by the time I get to El Paso, I'm halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> I have done this very thing. And it is so a very long from drive. Houston, hold on, to the Adeline or wherever they're talking about. That's probably hmm. about six hours? Uh, close to 10 hours. No. It's yeah. Fucking huge, huge states. Huge. So Texas is that big. It's twice yeah. the size of Spain. Yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, I couldn't believe how long we were driving to get halfway across Texas. Yeah. I was like, good wow. Jesus. Just an infinite state. But Holy yes. Moly. So he's basically out of the picture for a little while. Then she's like, oh, I'll hook up with that guy who said he'd. Uh, well, she gets bored. Right? right, because she realizes her whole plan is backfiring. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges left town. The other guy's got married, so yep. she's like, she's bored. That's why she sleeps with the, the other bombs. guy. <laughs> no, not like, oh, bombs, sorry. With, yeah, yeah. With the, the the old guy, right? The creepy old dude. Yeah, exactly. And then she's like, well, I'm just going to start sleeping with Timothy Bonds. At which yeah. point, I mean, she's the prettiest girl in town, right? Yeah, yeah. So, she right. can do so anything she wants. She's yeah. the prettiest bell around. Yeah. And Timothy Bottoms is like, let's go to a hotel. And she's like, no, no, we got all summer. And then he lives, then that's when he leaves. So she leads him around and she's just totally manipulating him, right? Women. And then (laughs) Cloris Cloris Leishman, who, by the way, I also loved her transformation. She goes from very mousy to when she starts to really sort of, you know, enjoy herself. Like, like this is the, you know, look at, look how amazing and happy she looks in that when she's with him. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, she, like she's she's full of life. I mean, yeah, it's like it's very subtle, but she is, and it's almost one hundred percent performance. Oh, it's all. Performance. Uh, but uh, yeah, she goes from being totally broken to totally full of life to totally totally broken. Right. <laughs> like right. it's it's a real ride with her. It's really really great. But then Jeff Bridges comes back to town for the weekend. Found out about him. And Sybil Shepherd, because basically he thinks he's keeping secrets, but no, he's the worst person. He's everything. Yes. Yeah. But now we all knew that. Of course we know that. Yeah. <laughs> like that Everyone knows that. And so finally, uh, so he fights with him, mm-hmm. breaks a bottle in his face. Yeah. Almost cuts his eyeball. Almost cuts his eyeball. Uh, puts him in the hospital, uh, and then takes off. Uh, and then Cloris Leishman tries to visit him in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to see her. Uh, and then Sybil Shepherd loves all the attention that she's been getting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tries to convince him to go get married. Yes. There's yes. a lope. Right? Uh, that didn't go too well. Nope. Parents found out. Parents Cops pull him bring over. him back. Cop yeah. pulls him over. She gets sent off <laughs> to college. Yep. Right? So... They annul the wedding, <laughs> and you skip forward like a several several years, right? Yep, right. Or not several years, several yeah, months. Several, several months, yeah. Yeah. So his eyes better now, and he's kind of doing stuff, and he's just kind of stuck in this town, right? She's not there, uh, and then Jeff Bridges comes by. He's joined the army. He's on leave. They chat for a little bit. Uh, they go to uh, they hang out. It was very um. American Graffiti. Yes, oh, yeah. when he leaves him. Because he's going off to Korea. He's going off to Korea, right. Yeah. yeah. And then so they say, well, they're, they're closing the movie theater. It's the last show. Let's go see one more show. One yep. more show. Red and River? They, they watch uh, Red I think something. So. Yeah. Red, yeah, Red, Red River. River. Red River, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just kind of like, well, the movie theater is, is uh, you know, stopping, right? So that's it. And then it's the, there's another storm, which happened at the beginning of the movie. There was like this windstorm, right? And so it's happening again. And, uh, he sees, he's look, he's clean, he's starting up in the, in the pool hall and he, uh, he notices there's a big truck outside and, uh, he's doesn't pay attention. A bunch of people are hanging around mm-hmm. and then he looks and he sees a broom on the ground and he knows it's the kid. Yeah, the young the young kid, and that good like triple cut where goes bup, 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 up to the yeah. broom when he realizes what's happened. It's right. fantastic. But the kid gets hit, got hit and killed by the truck. Yeah, the the poor mentally deficient kid gets hit by a truck and is killed. And is killed. Mm-hmm. And he grabs him, sets him, and he's just angry at the guys, and is like, "These are crazy kids in this town." Yeah. Which is I just, like to know what all your <laughs> like all the so, great stuff. So like, old John yeah. Ford casting. Yeah, yeah, so good. I'd uh, like to know what he thought he was doing in the middle of the street and was sweeping the summer and he came out. It's like you said a cattle auction. <laughs> yeah. And so he gets in this in his truck. He he looks at the pool hall and this is like wonderful because you know what he's thinking, right? It's like, mm-hmm. what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. She's she's left me, right? Yeah. The kid, my responsibilities. We're taking care of that kid or it's trying to be in a relationship. And now he's the pool hall is the only thing he has left. And he looks at it. It's like, 
Why? What the fuck? Yes. What am I doing yeah. here? What am I doing here? Yep. Yep. And then he gets into the uh, gets into the uh, uh, truck and just drives off in a single. And you just see his foot down on the accelerator, one hundred twenty miles an hour, straight as fast as he can get out of town, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's amazing. By the way, I should do, I I I I got a, a, a an idea. I'm going to interrupt the story just before the end because it's important. Mm-hmm. So this. Whole thing reminds me of a song by Terry Allen called Amarillo Highway, mm-hmm. and it's about getting out of town. And it's uh amazing song. Just listen to it, Terry Allen, Amarillo Highway. I made you listen to the album, Daniel. Right? Oh yeah, it's Lubbock uh, all over ever, all over everything, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, Lubbock all over. Yeah, it's great. It's an incredible thing. But it, I had this idea yesterday that I thought would be cool for the people on Martini Giant to do, and on our Discord is. Every month or so, we decide we build a Spotify Martini Giant Spotify playlist. <laughs> I love this. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> love it. Just, would be we can just put things choice. in there that we feel are like about the movies we like yep. or about things or anything we do. Yeah. We can all contribute to it. Uh, I thought it would be a good idea. Does, if and uh, if anyone on the uh, on our Discord would be able to tell us like, hey, this is how we can do it. I would love the idea of doing this because I think something like that would be a Fun thing because I would love to add that song to. Yeah, totally down with that. This, yep. this thing. So and to introduce more people to uh, uh, Lubbock on everything, which is a great album. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have I, I, every single song is 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 like a movie, like yep. this one. It's a little, <laughs> a little short film that should be a little made. Short film. Should be made. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the he he decides to stop and turn around and go back. Because there is still one, he needs to closure, right? Mm-hmm. So he needs to close things with Cloris Leishman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Daniel. Goes to Cloris Leishman's house, knocks. She opens the door. She looks like hell. She looks yeah. like hell. Um, she's in her bathrobe. It's like two in the afternoon. Like she hasn't cleaned up the house. She hasn't cleaned up herself. She looks awful. And he's like, he looks like, Ooh, you know, hang dog. And, right. and says to her, can I, can I, can you, can I come in and have a cup of coffee with you? And she's like, I guess so. And <laughs> takes him inside and starts making coffee. And then, uh, you know, there's like a little bit of, little bit of talk going on. Little and, bit it, of and then she loses her fucking shit. She does lose her shit. <laughs> <laughs> she throws. No, she's trying to pour the coffee and she's shaking as she's trying to yes. pour the coffee and then decides <laughs> Fuck throws <this. laughs> it at the wall uh-huh. and she goes, why am I apologizing to you? I'm always apologizing. You're not even here and I'm apologizing uh, to you. Yeah, I'm always apologizing to you and I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> you're the mm. one who did something wrong mm. and it's you just... Did. You oh, just thought you yeah. could leave me and not even talk to me about it because i'm just an old hag you know and uh and you don't have to what like what's the difference it doesn't you know like it's not gonna work out anyway so why do we even have to talk yeah. to her she's just like so angry it's like i'm over you you're done you're never gonna he's like yeah you think you feel bad because you lost your friend you know because yeah. your friend died and your you're, friend gonna died? Cut, yeah. you're gonna come here and i'm gonna make everything better for you yeah, it's so harsh. It's so harsh. It's and insane. She is angry. And it's the first time because Brutal. you know how vulnerable she is. So this, it's so out of character for her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then what he does is he just puts his hand on her hand. Yeah. And, <laughs> and this they is, start to have these tender moments. 
like she takes his hand and because uh, this is what she leads right up to saying like you've ruined it you've ruined it you've ruined me you can't get it back there's no getting it back there's no chance forget forever forever right. forever and then he holds her hand and she and she totally takes backflies. his hand <laughs> and pulls it close to her and she starts crying i can't do it without crying it's too much <laughs> it's too much like she starts crying and saying and she starts to say something like four times uh and she's like uh, it, uh, and like uh, and like he's, it's so overwhelming you know like she's like we can have all this back you can see it in her eyes like this is yeah this she is doesn't it, say right? that she does not say this right and her and she is she is both smiling and sobbing simultaneously and she's unable to speak i think until, she says i could have done better right yeah right and and then finally she sees in his eyes like it's he's not over. here for, yeah yeah it's He's over. not here for this. He's here for he is, closure. He is brokenhearted. His friend is dead. His life is dead. Everything He's lost everything. And she slowly puts his hand back uh, on the table and reaches over and pats him and says, don't you worry about it. Don't, don't, don't you mind it. Don't you yeah. mind it. Yeah. Yeah. And and then the camera pulls back and dissolves in a long, slow dissolve. Very slow dissolve. To the the, the movie the theater. The dead town. <laughs> the dead town and the closed movie theater with leaves blowing through in the wind. And it's like, you may as well just fucking point a gun at your chest <laughs> and fire. It's so, it's so it's gorgeous. sad. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's it's such a in her. She is so good in that moment. She's great throughout the whole movie, but you know, like you forget the entire rest of the movie in this one little three. It's minute two different scene. movies. Yeah. So apparently, Bogdanovich wouldn't let her rehearse it. Oh man, yeah. And so they she got it. That was the first take. Oh my and god. He said, and, and she said, I could do better. And he goes, no, you can't. You, no, you just can't. won the Oscar. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, it's, yeah, it's like, there are sadder things on film, maybe yeah. one or two, but I'm hard pressed to think of them. And I don't think that it's ever been so lonely and sad. Like this well, is the, lo- the thing. loneliest It's the loneliness. Thing. Yeah. Cause you, it's, you're so alone in that town and you know it. Yeah, physically, yeah. that it adds to this. If it was in the middle of Brooklyn, it'd be a harder scene. Yes, yes. Yeah. going out to the street and people are coming out of bodegas. It yeah, really, it's just it's like just... yeah, but this is just destroyed. This town is gone. Everything is gone. I mean, like this is up there with uh, for anyone who's seen uh, Hiroshima Monomore when yeah. she is when she is crying in the cat when she is talking to him in the cafe, crying, and she says, "I was so young. I used to be so young." Like it's. Right up there next to that scene in my mind. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Right. Yeah, it was it was quite uh it's it's a beautiful film. And it is yep. um it's funny, I hadn't seen this movie I saw it a lot. Not a lot, I saw it a couple times. Uh and I remember it vividly uh before I lived in Texas. Mm-hmm. But seeing it now again since I've lived in Texas it's even more powerful to me. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, a real, uh, it's one of the, 
it's one of the last movies of its type made in a very specific way yeah. with certain actors and, and directors uh, and, people. And, a, and a, yeah exactly so like the everything about the movie is the last picture show like yeah. <laughs> it yeah. really it's it's, it's not just one. the th- it's not just the town it's not just the theme it's like it is an example of itself that building's still around by the way the the, the movie theater oh the Re- the rialto or the Re- yeah. royale whatever it is yeah, the royale. That's yeah yeah that's awesome that's great. uh it's but i think you're absolutely right it's like i, I couldn't quite figure out it's like it's a 1940s film Mm-hmm. With 1970s stuff in it to yeah. throw you off, right, mm. right, and it, yeah, it's very, very because so it, because it balances that the utter realism of the subjects and the romanticism of the style uh, create that elegiac feeling that everyone is trying to get a hold of in the movie, and it's uh, and it creates it in by you watching it. Like this is a kind of I also you think like. Again. I think what adds to it uh, significantly is that their age. Yep. You know, if it was older couples going through this or like, you know, just be a, um, yeah. It, if opera. it was like, if it was, um, Kramer versus Kramer, but in that right. town, right. It would, right, right, it would right. have been, it's just, you don't, it's just the naivete, but they have, the thing is, is like you in your mind are like, well, they have the rest of their lives. They're young. Right. But the people that they're with, but they, through but, that. Yeah, but all of the older people in this, or at least the, the lead characters, right? They're all just beaten down and like. Oh, uh, yeah, they used to is. be these kids. You're they seeing two be ages so of the same personalities. Yes. So they see themselves in these kids. Right. And the kids see themselves so, in the old, collapsed adults. Right. Like, like Sybil Shepherd sees herself in her mom and vice yes. versa. And then, yes. yeah. You know, like, yeah, like this, this is what will happen to you. This is what's coming. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then you, and that's why the speech with, uh, uh, Ben Johnson is so powerful because he's talking about this time when, when he was one young. of the other, <laughs> when he was young and full of life and this other character who you now know to be this sort of boozy, sad woman, uh, was, uh, uh, incredibly full of life herself and they were sharing right. this and it's gone. <laughs> like it's not even remotely recapturable. Yeah. There was well, another weird scene when they go to the Christmas thing and mm-hmm. the 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 her the, the the mother has her her lover come in. Yeah. Right? With yeah, yeah, a yeah. date. Yeah. And he goes oh, up man. to him right as he walks in the door with his date and just kisses him on the mouth yeah. right in front of Actually, her and she goes punch you in the face. <laughs> why how are you how will I let you kiss her like that? And he's like, Come on, let's go dancing. And he's like, This is my date. And he's like, Come on, let's go dance. And just just totally just max on him yeah. in front yeah. of the girl that he brought to the <laughs> dance. He brought. Yeah. Like within five seconds of them coming in. And oh, she's man. married. And yep. he introduces her as yeah. like, This is my boss's wife. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So good. Yeah. It's, it, and in the dance hall, it's like the, there's the is the classic just fucking. It's just a box. Yeah, it's, it's a like box. A, yeah, with guys with fiddles, old <laughs> yeah, guys with like, fiddles. Oh yeah, it's my crazy. God. Yeah, and, and so everyone's so used to this kind of fucking betrayal and all this stuff, they just don't. No one gives a shit anymore. Yeah, and then yeah. that's they also the scene where Cloris Leishman and uh, Timothy Bottoms uh, hook up <laughs> yep, as they're cleaning right. up the back. That yeah. was a w- awkward scene too. Oh God, dude! This it's whole like, movie. you don't have a girlfriend. It's like I did have a girlfriend, but she, you know, we broke up. Yeah, dude. It's like all like all the people that got upset over the relationship in Licorice Pizza. I'm like, don't see this. 
Yeah. Really? <laughs> Why did they get upset? Because, I mean, the kid was 15 and she was 25. I'm like, yeah, don't see Harold and Maude and definitely don't see uh, Last Picture, Last Picture Show. <laughs> God, what is the matter with people? Yeah, they forget what movies are, I guess. I'm not sure. But yeah. uh, but this, this they think is... movies are uh, instruction manuals of role models of how you should act. Yeah, so I then, think that's yeah, what yeah, people like, think. It's like yeah. movies are should be telling people what is appropriate and not appropriate. That's a good point. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what they think. Yeah, and, 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 and they're, everything they're has to be looking for a message, right? Right. Like they 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 want they want the stories to be examples of how good they feel they must be. Like uh, like I am this I am a good person and I wouldn't do anything wrong. Like, and then they want to watch a movie that reinforces that concept. And, you know, when you have a character that doesn't change or learn, you have a boring fucking movie. Like, that's why we have these movies, these incredibly boring movies. Ah, we're back to Barbie. Mm, yeah, this is how this stuff happens. Phil, <laughs> go see Barbie. Go see I, 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 I still I, I love Barbie. It. I yeah, still, still love Barbie. Good. I, I think there's room for both. I just think yeah. that people shouldn't be offended by these movies anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Because right. the way to have the way to have both things is like it, the way to split it really is to say there are movies that are uh aspirational about saying here is someone who is good and heroic that we should aspire to be and here is like you know whatever the untouchable superman star wars that kind of stuff and you can feel good about their story and, and aspire to be them and then there are movies like taxi driver and goodfellas and whatever but these are movies about people that you should try not to be like this, this is an example of how not to be, and you may have already been this way. Like you will, you will empathize with these people and you will go like, Oh shit, I've kind of done that. Like, and this is one of those movies. Like every one of these scenes in this movie, I'm like, I'm like, I've been in something, I've been in a scene that makes me feel like this in my real life. And I've fucked up like this and hurt people like this in my real life. And that's when I use a movie like this to think through those problems uh, to try to make better choices next time. Right. Like that's why these movies are good for you, even though they are uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Extremely yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, it's honestly, that's therapy, right? In therapy, you go to therapy to tell things that have happened to you that you make feel bad. And you, by going through that experience of yeah. talking about it, you can heal yourself. Yes, exactly. So you come exactly. into therapy and say like, I fucked up. I hurt someone. Right. Like that's a real thing that you need to say. If you've done that, that's what you say yeah. because it's true. And you say it because you don't want to do that anymore. And you want to, you want to leave a different and lead a different life. Right. Like you don't like you don't go to therapy and then pretend like you're a fucking hero and everything you've ever done is good. Because <laughs> right. the therapist will be like, I don't know if I buy that. Right. Right, right, right. Okay, we are going to move on to uh Paper Moon. Um uh, which uh a couple things I want to say about that is uh first of all <clears throat> It was supposed to be called. It was this, he was going to name it the name of the book, which is the name of her the the girl's character, Addie uh, Prey. Uh, but, Actually, her name is Addie, uh, whatever. But his last name is Prey, so right, it's right. Addie, Addie Prey is the book. But he decided he wanted to call it Paper Moon, but he wasn't sure about the title, so he asked, of course, <laughs> who is he going to ask? Orson Paul Wells. Uh, Orson Wells. Orson Wells, and he goes, "The title of the movie is so good, you should just release the poster and not even make the movie." <laughs> yeah, it just that's fine. <laughs> And then he had another <laughs> bottle of wine and fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> so he right. suggested Paper Moon. No, no, no. He asked Orson Wells he if he approved of it. Or not. But listen, before we get into it, I, I got to go take... for one second. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you can go, and then after that, I will go and talk about it for a second. So uh, Daniel and I will. I say all that with love because I actually think Orson Welles is one of the one of my top three or four favorite filmmakers of all time, and I didn't even feel that until recently when we did the show on Mank and I watched all of his movies at once, and it was like this dude is fucking incredible, and his movies only get better as it goes along. Like Citizen Kane's good, but his way more interesting stuff is later. Like that's when he makes really crazy inventive shit. That's what I like, right? You know. So I will still continue to tell stories about him being drunk on Peter Bogdanovich's couch, but don't take it the wrong way. I love Orson Welles. What was it? Was it a Kodak commercial he did where he kept? His, oh no, it was for wine. Oh, yeah, it it's wine? a wine commercial, or the yeah, it's like the yeah, he's just like drunk off his ass. <laughs> They're trying to get just, uh, France, <laughs> you know. And you're like Orson, what are you doing, man? The other actors are like. Is he going to hit me? What's happening? What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. He's a, he's a, I, I thought it was funny. I also thought it was interesting how they portrayed him in Mank. Mm-hmm. Just not necessarily, obviously it was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. You know, he right. wasn't necessarily seen as this genius person. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Like he's like, he's a, he's a fucking narcissistic schmoozer. Like yeah. he's, he's, he's controlled, he's puppeteering everybody and he, and he schmoozes his way into getting all the stuff made, you know? And, uh, I think that's a perfectly valid angle on that guy. I think he's a genius, but like, he, like, I don't think he's as much of a genius as he wanted you to think he was. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he, he's a, he's certainly a genius enough to recognize great writing, which is what Mankiewicz was offering. Right. You know? Yeah. But, uh, I haven't com- seen Mank com- in a while. Oh I god, I've, watched it again. I watched that like forty times by now. It, really? That is one, one of the very best directed movies I've ever seen. That's one of Fincher's best directed films. It's so tight, so brilliantly staged. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, He's not a- for everybody. I know it's a pretty niche market, but like if you're into it, it's great. But even if you're not into it, respect this guy knows how to make a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Eric's back. There we go. Eric is back. Hey, Eric. Oh, he can't hear us. Okay. Hey, Eric. How are you? How are you, guys? Good. Good. All right. I'm going to, I'm now going to, uh, excuse myself and I will be back in a few seconds. Actually, you know what? Well, we will play, uh, a quick ad ad. on Twitch. Uh, and I'll, I'll just do it a one minute ad break so that I can use the restroom, but I'll be back. But you guys can keep chatting because some people will not get ads. All right. That's right. There we go. Go, man! I tell you, I've uh, I did two uh, new recordings for my podcast for Love It yesterday. Uh, Who that was came it? Out, um, it was a guy from the um, uh, from the games industry that I know, uh, very nice name, Fred Galpern, and uh, uh, <clears throat> heard me. Uh, and another guy that I know from a book club, um, uh, and we talked about uh, one of my favorite books. Uh, which is Middlemarch by uh, George Eliot and uh, and talked about that for a while. Uh, yeah, uh, that's right, Jason. Fred Galpern. Yeah, he's uh, he's terrific. Fred's doing great. And um, we have a long talk about music and art in an upcoming thing. And also, and this is all under the ad, that uh, I uh, recorded a, a fantastic one with Eric um, that'll be editing together over the next couple of weeks. And that'll be out soon. Um, really, really beautiful one. Lots of great, um, 
uh, thoughts on art and art production. It's very great. That's great. Nice. But yeah, so, Thank you. Yeah, no, it's awesome. But yeah, so if, uh, it's been a, it's been a lot of mic time for me lately. A lot of mic time. A lot of mic time. You sound like but a what, radio see, what, guy. You, you've been yeah. doing podcasts or what's what you Yeah, I did two more episodes of Love It yesterday. I recorded two more of them. So I have a backlog of like five, five or six now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great. It's, it's Welcome great. to my world, my friend. Yeah, dude. Well, yours was awesome. I think yours turned out fantastic. Uh, yeah. And like, it's like, it's. It's the, it's I'm just a, talking about just recording podcasts. Oh, constantly. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's just like the, the, it was a, not only is like, not only did the conversation work out really well and you like told awesome stories. Um, but it was a great like learning mechanism for me in so many ways. To, oh, right. To put that one together. You were extremely helpful and it really helped me sort of focus what I was doing a lot. So I appreciate that very much. I'm going to show you some audition filters, mm-hmm. uh, that I used that are great at, uh, help leveling voices oh, great yeah great yeah. so like i use it on this podcast because everyone tends to have a different volume on their mic and i want to try mm-hmm. to you know i can't necessarily completely control that on the live version but you know people are okay with it but then i can do it where i i know i can get everyone's voice to be at the right volume right right under those right. conditions but the problem the first time i did it it's a it's a thing it's like level voice leveler thing right mm-hmm. filter but the problem is uh, when you take a breath, just to do this, you know, when people talking, yeah, it levels that up. So it's like, <gasps> and so you have to do these filters to cut the little breaths out and then the yeah. other one in. So I'll show you how to do it. It's kind of fun to, to learn these things. I've learned a lot of things. No, like it's that. super, super handy. I appreciate it very much. Are you going to keep using, uh, Riverside? I love Riverside. It's fantastic. Yeah. It it's great. great. And yeah. by the way, Eric. Uh-huh. Riverside now has a thing where it'll just make clip the best clips for you using quote unquote AI. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love but it. I, not that we, we don't use Riverside uh, for this show for several reasons. One is our show is so freaking long. It would cost a fortune on Riverside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Would it really? Yeah. Yeah. Because you pay for how many hours of footage you, uh, of recording you have. So it would cost yep. us a lot of money. Yep. Yep. But uh, hmm. I mean, it, not a fortune, but it'd be, you know, it's, we have a lot of expenses for Martini Giant that are just these monthly fees for things. And I just don't want to constantly do that. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. But no, it is a, it's a great tool, uh, for the, for the kind of thing I'm doing. It's literally perfect. Uh, it gives me a lot more control over stuff. So, and it's like guarantees good video and audio, which is something that you can't get out of almost anything else. Right. Although this is pretty good. The way we've done this it has been great. This, OBS is with great. The, with, and I, you know, we get to incorporate into OBS pretty easily. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah. All right. We are back. People still enjoy it? Okay. First of all, how many people who are on the chat? I see El Ray is here. Now, I think El Ray was our friend from uh, Malta, right? Yeah. Yeah, Hello, still, LRA. Yeah. Uh, Commander Root is here. Alan Schneller is here. Nice. nice. Uh, Rip was here briefly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be seeing Rip later today to go with him to see the Meg. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, there's several of you. How many of you guys have seen uh, The Last Picture Show and or Paper Moon? So it would be great to see that in chat if you've seen either one of these films. Um I got to tell seen, you, I, I've seen would, Paper Moon more times, but that's because I get so dang. sad after the other one. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 
I love the last picture show is one of the greatest films of all time. No argument. No argument. Paper Moon is fine. It's good. It's Paper like Moon it. is I like incredibly it. charming and fun. It's like, fun. It's, it's good. Like you know, I, it, it, I'm way more prone to watch Paper Moon because it's all incredibly fun. It's you, really you sweet. Want, every time I watch it, though, I literally, I'm like, I can't believe how phenomenal Tatum O'Neill is. Oh, she's she's so like, good. For her she's, age, a, she's the engine in the movie. movie she was and eight just like, when they started. It's <laughs> unbelievable. And I watch Insane. and I'm like, Jesus, she was so charming and loving. You just want to squeeze her. You're like, yep. you're so cute and smart. Yep. Or you and just want to punch her in the face, apparently. Just no. Say. <laughs> I can't believe that's true. He really punched that's her in the face. That's awful. I think awful. that's the story. I'm going to have to look it up. I, yeah, okay. I mean, allegedly. I'll, Let's put it allegedly on top I'll of it. I'll say allegedly, yeah. but. Adorable. Uh, yeah. And she's but, still beautiful today. Yeah, she's, uh, she is so terrific in this movie. And the thing is, like, it's another one of those things where, like, she, her charm uh, papers over some of the weaknesses that are endemic to her co-lead <laughs> like it's the Probably fact based that, on true life too yeah like like uh like he's he is he is towing the line he's doing it this is probably his best acted movie and he's mm-hmm. very very funny i like him a lot in this movie but like him by himself isn't going to do the job this is him and his daughter and that's why it's working okay well, it's based it seems more like typecasting yeah like yeah. it's a way almost i wonder if it was a way working with her too to somehow patch up things that he, the mistakes he made. Possibly. Sure. Sure. So here's the story. Here's the story. Here's the story that uh, I found in IMDb trivia about it. It says in the 2020 episode of the Hollywood movie uh, history podcast, you must remember this. The podcast's creator, uh, Karina Longworth, Reports that when the Oscar nom- uh, when the Oscar nominations for Paper Moon were announced, Tatum O'Neill was visiting her father Ryan in the London set of uh, Buried Linden. That's okay. Oh, so yeah. this I got the story wrong slightly. Okay, there okay? we go. There. Tatum told Longworth that as an adult, she was the, uh, she was the first. Uh, she has no firsthand memory of how she heard of her nomination. But some years later, she heard from Vivian Kubrick, daughter of Barry Lyndon director Stanley Kubrick, that Ryan O'Neill had, was, uh, had been so upset that Tatum uh, had been nominated uh, and, he hadn't, and he hadn't that on hearing the news, Ryan socked his daughter. Wow. Uh, Tatum wow. had uh, blocked that part out. When Tatum won the award, becoming at a, uh, at uh, at age ten of the youngest person ever to uh, to win a competitive Oscar, neither of her parents were in the attendance. That's wild. Can you wild. imagine that? Is that a crazy story, dude? It's one thing to miss your kid's football game, <laughs> but their Oscar, <laughs> their Oscar—that's never going to be forgotten. That says so much. Yeah, yeah. and. There was also a lot of controversy about the Oscar because she was nominated for best supporting role and she was not She's supporting. The She's the star of the movie. She is the star of the movie, right? <laughs> and so Madeline Kahn is like, she shouldn't have been nominated for best supporting role. I should have been nominated for best supporting role. She is the main actress. She's the fucking main character. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> like, so there was some it. controversy over this and Bogdanovich admitted that there was a mistake. Yeah. 
yeah. when that happened. Well, because they, 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 they choose how they're going to, well, like what category they're going to chase down, like well, for your consideration is blah, blah, blah. Right. And so it, it's actually a bit of a, a political thing from oh, the studio, totally. right? Yeah. Like to, to, they will aim at the thing that they get that they feel they have the best chance of getting. And I'm right. sure with a, uh, with a, such a young actor, there were like, we, we have to, we'll get it if we go for supporting. We won't get it if we go for best. That, and she was, uh, Linda that. Blair was also nominated. Oh, yeah. For Exorcist. Exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's understandable. She's so, also, she is great. Tatum O'Neill still has the, the, the record for the youngest person to win an Oscar. Yeah. yeah and, uh, you know, and, and, yeah, cause I mean, she was Lynn, 10. I mean, yeah. it's, that's hard to beat. It's going to take, yeah. I don't like know. If, the, yeah. Yeah. Like there's like Henry Thomas, her, uh, who else? There's like maybe one other kid actor that's that good. Like it's, it, these are legendary performances. Very, very hard to find. What's her, what, from the kid, uh, uh, Jackie, uh, Jackie Coogan. Coogan. Yeah. Like, um, like that, that's one, once in a while you get a kid that, that's this good. That's why, like, I don't, I don't criticize kid actors when they suck because I expect them to suck their kids. I criticize directors for, you know, for casting people, you know, like that can't, that aren't old enough to do the job right. <laughs> so uh, apparently um he was really hard on her uh he awful. made her do like 30 or 50 takes right 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 and uh because she kept messing up and he goes he says it was the hardest directing he'd ever done because oh, she sure. had to, to direct a kid yeah and again she's a kid of course she's yeah what do you expect right? what do you get yeah she's fucking eight <laughs> like what are you gonna right. get come on man yeah, but uh, it is a terrific performance. She is so insanely charming and funny, and like you utterly buy that she can outwit anybody in this movie the whole right. time. Yeah, it's really, really something to see. Right. Uh, another piece of trivia I thought was interesting is there's a scene where they're driving in a car just like this uh, behind us right now. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll say if you're listening to just the audio. <laughs> Watch this on YouTube. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. they're driving and they're talking about the Bibles, running out of Bibles or whatever. And it's a lo- it's very long take scene, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a piece of road that was about a mile long. Mm-hmm. And every time, if they didn't get the take and they had to they, uh, they would mess it up, they had to drive all the way back. You reset the entire and thing. reset the yeah. whole thing because they couldn't keep going forward because then it would look too modern, right? So right. they had to do it back, and it took them two days to get the one shot because oh, they had to do it That's like hard. thirty times and just drive back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's nuts. That's yeah. infuriating. And yeah. every time they would mess up a line, up, oh, do it over again. Shades of Babylon, right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Was yeah, Babylon man. like that? Bab- no, Babylon. That uh, the the trying to get the good take bit. Trying to like get the good take of that, her coming in. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, hello, college. Well, hello, college. I, yeah, everyone hated Babylon. You see, that's another example. And they hated blonde. That's another example. I know. I don't know. Like I don't get hating blonde. It's a masterpiece. Like, yeah, well, the thing is, yeah, like, because hating Babylon, I can understand because Babylon is intentionally a very abrasive movie. Blonde is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So just on the, just on the visuals alone level, people should have been talking about that, but they didn't. <laughs> they couldn't even get that far. 
Let alone and, how good how good the film is. They couldn't even talk about how good looking the film was. No, really, they got. We're in a really weird time when you don't recognize that that's a great work work of art. We are. Let in a me weird ask time. you guys this. Uh, uh, okay, El Rey said Paper Moon is amazing. Good yeah. Hey. Nice. Nice. Yes. Uh, but definitely watch the Last Picture Show, El Rey, because yeah. seriously, get ready. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It yeah. is one of the greatest films ever made. <laughs> uh, but you have to be ready for it. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't. don't yeah. <laughs> Make sure you're prepped. <laughs> Make sure. If you I are it, already sad, thing, do not watch. I watched, I watched it first thing this morning when I woke up. Yeah. And it yep. was, it was honestly speaking, I know it's sad, right? But I'm not, I'm not the, I'm, it's like a cathartic experience. Exactly. Exactly. That's the best thing. That's the, actually the best thing is like when you see a movie that that's that good, you can't help but be a little happy that it exists no matter how fucking heartbreaking it is. It's incredibly well done. You know, I'm looking at this in black and white and this black and white background. I'm, I'm almost thinking like we should do everything black. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> I know we probably won't do that, but uh, just for the moment, let's let's let's, let's pretend have, we will. Let's pretend. Let's pretend like we will. Yeah, yeah. Looks yeah. pretty great. It's pretty great. Yeah, it it is good that way. It hey is man, good. it's uh, you can. That's how you like I said with at the beginning of the show when I watched Avatar in black and white. It's how you can tell whether a movie holds up, and now you can now you nice. know we hold up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn the sound off. That's Turn right. the sound off. Turn the sound bum, off. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. All right. Uh, so, I want you guys to tell up a little more about the plot of Paper Mail. I'll, I'll do interjecting a little bit. So, how does sure. it start? It starts <laughs> with a funeral. Yeah, That's with right. a funeral. Like, it's right behind Daniel right now. <laughs> yep. There it is. Yeah. Um, this little girl, uh, her, her mom uh, has passed away. She's got nobody to take care of her. Uh, and. Uh, 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 you know, it's, it, it is the, uh, it's basically, you know, it's dust bowl times. It's, uh, it's a pretty grim time in American history. Uh, and at the funeral is, uh, Ryan O'Neill who shows up, he shows, shows up. up late, shows up, right. Shows up late. And Ryan O'Neill was an old friend of, uh, her mom's <laughs> who we get a feeling was kind of a floozy <laughs> who's a floozy she's a she's a bar she's a bar bar hall gal uh right. and uh that's why she knows that's why she knew ryan o'neill it is strongly s- decides to show up out of nowhere mm-hmm. right and right. uh and ryan o'neill is <clears throat> is a scam artist <laughs> He's a he's a idol salesman a, from out of uh, St. Louis. Yes, I by uh, Bible salesman. Okay, but uh, the thing is, uh, I wanted to uh, looking at this movie. I was like, you know, what we could have paired it with. It's another movie that I like. I think I don't think it got very well recognized, or maybe I should watch it again and say, oh, maybe it's not as good. But uh, the Flim Flam Man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Flim Flam Man. That's yeah, a good one with George yeah, C. Scott. Not, George C. Scott. Right? Yeah, that's pretty good. And movie. so it was all about basically it's con, it. artist, it's con artist. It's con artist. And so yeah, he exactly. is a con artist, right? And he and so like, a, go ahead. Yeah, right. Like he's and he, one of his big things is selling. He he looks through the um uh obituaries. The obituaries, finds women whose husbands have just died, and then goes to their house and says, "Oh, your husband ordered this Bible for you, and you know it hasn't been paid for." But he has your name inscribed right here because he's saw them in the obituary. He has the 
name written right. in the Bible. And he gets these widows to buy Bibles that their husbands never ordered for them with their name in them, uh, which is scummy. <laughs> the deluxe edition. The deluxe yeah. edition. Exactly. And his name is inscribed and he basically has a machine in the back and just makes the just name. Just stamps it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, when, and when he is at this funeral, he is, uh, uh, like it is assumed that, uh, he is somehow responsible for the existence of the little girl. Your <laughs> jaw looks the same. Your the jaw, jaw looks, looks suspiciously. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he agrees to at least, oh, go ahead. To help. Right. Yes, he's going to well, help. He basically says, well, the, 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 "The woman says, like, hey, you got to go.' Sorry, go ahead, Eric. Take her Eric. to no, the train no, no, station. It's fine. It's fine. Keep going. Keep going. You're right. So I'll take her to the train station because she's got to get to, you know, her aunt and uncle out in the middle of nowhere somewhere. Like, and he's like, "I'll go that far. We'll do that much, right?" Uh, and so, uh, Addie, the young girl, uh, is. You know, she's she looks just sort of like sad and pissed off all the time. Yeah, you know, like she like she's like the leftover luggage. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) who's going to take this luggage somewhere? Uh, Right, just like God damn it, what are we going to? You can't just leave this girl out in a field. That'd be weird. Uh, (laughs) So, and there's um, only like three people at the at the at the at the funeral. funeral. Right, and and it's like it's the guy who's burying her, yeah, the yeah. priest that's reading it, <laughs> and this woman who's like, someone's got to get this kid out. Someone's got to get the kid. Yeah, I can't do it. You got to do it. And he's like, fine. Fine. He opened his mouth, and right. there she is. She's but like, he has I can the, go. He has this great idea of like, I can scam the dude who the brother of the guy who hit and killed her mother. I can uh, scam that guy into given me some money to t- care for the girl. Like, and I'm just going to, I'm going to leverage this one moment and get a pile of money. Right. And so this is what he does. Right. And he ends up with 200 bucks. The girl, Addie hears all this stuff and she's like, you motherfucker. That's my $200. <laughs> <laughs> right. By the way, did he not remind you of James Woods and casino? Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> right? Basically. It's the con man. Same kind of scumbag. Just, yeah. Right. And so the adventure that kicks off, right, is uh, is that she's going to, like, she gets him to travel, like, gets him to allow her to travel with him until he pays back her $200. Right. Like, and that's why they're going to go on the road, road together, essentially scamming widows out of petty cash. She becomes... She basically becomes a co-conspirator. Yeah, she be- right. she becomes a yeah, criminal for this her day. father's love. Yes, yes. And well, so we yeah. don't know it's her father, but yes, yes. it's her father. <laughs> well, she's <laughs> smart enough to, as well. It's literally like, her father. The actor is her yeah, father. Yeah, but if she's smart enough to know, like, to listen to the door and then con him out of stuff and say, "You owe me my money," yes. yeah, she's smart enough to know that it is her father, and he knows what she's about. Right. She knows what he's about, so she desperately just tries to always She wants to prove it. Right. And also she wants to keep him around. Yeah, exactly. Because and she so, doesn't like, have anybody. And it, well, it, she's starting she's starting to like the lifestyle. Too. Yeah, exactly. Because she because and there's there's sort of shades well, she of she likes uh, the lifestyle because it brings her closer to her father. Yes. yes. 
which so she this has have. this has shades of things stories like True Grit operate this way, where it's yeah. like like these a uh, father daughter style pairing that are highly resistant to saying that they like one another until they're forced finally to admit that they love one another. And, uh, and so like, they're constantly bickering the entire fucking movie. Like she is like basically acting like this tiny adult all the time. Like she's smarter than him. She's quicker than him. A little bit of Shirley Temple. And by the way, if we didn't have this movie, we would not have Bugsy Malone because I think Bugsy Malone came like a year Oh, that's later. right, dude. That's right. And With it's uh, like, Jodie Foster, get these sharp kids. And that's no, right. Make- they made a. They made Jodie Foster. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. they made a TV series about Paper Moon, starring Jodie Foster. Foster. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah I, I never saw it, but yeah, I bet you can find. Apparently, it didn't too. go so well. But yeah, that's the way. You it know goes what it actually would have been an other interesting pairing with this movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Blue the Thunder. Professional. <laughs> oh, the Professional. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's that movie. That movie is one hundred percent canceled right now. That's that's on the extreme canceled list. Why is everything R- why so is that? canceled? Because the of the of the 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 sense that there's a sort of romance going on between the assassin and uh, Natalie Portman, and Natalie Portman's like, well, it was of a different time when we made that movie. And I'm just like, the whole idea of this movie is that he is as dumb as a little kid. Like, this is a weird little kid adventure story. Like, that's what's going on. And it, it makes you feel awkward because he is not a little kid. That's why the movie works. But people are just, like, highly upset. That seems to promote, like, uh, pedophilia. And I'm just like, your your awkwardness is what the movie is talking about. <laughs> like, the way you feel is the way the movie feels. Also, that's Man, what it's trying to simulate for you. Everything. Yeah, it's just, a, it's ridiculous. But... Anyway, I understand that people at some point, point, at some know point, that the movie wants you to feel awkward. They have to yeah. stop. Yeah. At some point, they have to stop. they're going to run out of films. Yeah. Well, right. it, like, like you pointed out, it, what, what, what is weird is that when you see a movie like Blonde or you see a movie where it's the movie is trying to make you uncomfortable, the first thing I think is the movie agrees with me that, that this is uncomfortable. Like, Yeah, that's why they're doing it. That's why they're doing it. Like They know right. that I know that this is uncomfortable, and that's what they're making me confront. Right. As opposed to, I don't like, they don't know that I would be offended by this. Like, yeah, I, I do find it offensive. That's why it's, it's uncomfortable. That's why the movie works. That's why Taxi Driver works. (laughs) Irreversible. (laughs) Irreversible. Exactly. Oh my God. I'm very aware that this is not entertainment. He probably has trouble getting funding, Gaspar Noir, right now. He certainly has to work in very rarefied areas of the world. That's, that's very true. But in any case, so with this movie, this is a very, this is not, this is the opposite of irreversible. (laughs) It's not uncomfortable, (laughs) but it is definitely awkward. There is some awkwardness between him and this girl, which they manage comically very well. Yes, it is right? hysterically funny all the, the all the time. Bright Coney easy Island. Fun. The Coney Island scene was Get so Coney Island. it's so good, man. Like, and she's like, this is like watching a a, a two delicacy. hour calls it a yeah, delicacy. A delicacy. <laughs> that's a delicacy. Like, this is like watching a two hour version of the bit in True Grit when uh, Maddie gets the dude to pay for the horses that he owned. Like that little scene. Like the entire the entirety of of of, uh, of Paper Moon is she's basically outwitting her dad yes. over All and over and over right. again. <laughs> yeah. And it's hysterically funny. It's incredibly true. And so it's funny. It's like, like, for example, like you get his, he's done this drift a, mi- a million times. Right. And he's like, you got the deluxe edition. It's $12. Right. And so he does this whole $12 bit. Right. And so she spends more time reading the person and she mm-hmm. notices that one, one woman is like unbelievably poor with all these kids. And right. he's trying to like, and he goes, 
don't you remember daddy she already paid for the bible here you go ma'am and she like gives up the bible yeah. and is like wait what the hell and then yeah. he goes to another house where the woman is clearly very very, very rich, rich. Yeah, yeah and very nice but yeah. he's like and she goes how much are the bible and she says 24 dollars and it's like oh <laughs> wait what it's so good, it's so, good. <laughs> so she yeah. evens it out in the end and he's like you can't be making decisions for me which yes. is really funny you know yeah it's, it's great awesome. i love that kind of stuff yeah it's it's super breezy very easy and like in the in the, in the background there's a little there's sort of like a little tiny touch of uh just a flavoring of um just of deep touch. deep deeper sadness like there's yes, there like is. The background story that's happening as you're going to these houses and seeing these depressed lives. Yeah, this is Dust Bowl times. It's Dust Bowl times. And you're really getting a sketch of America that is sort of like a, it's a, it's a lighter, less depressing version of the last picture show is happening just beyond the lens. Uh, and that's what gives the, mo- the movie a little bit of heft. It's almost the same time period as his previous movie. Yes. And right. it's like, you kind of wonder what. No, it's not. It, this is earlier. Right. Yeah, it's about it's about thirty years earlier, but it's like it still has a, has a sa- that same kind of corruptive rot has spread everywhere. True. Right. And so the tone is very years. much the same. 20, exactly. Twenty years. And there's 20, a yeah. sense you're right, Eric. But the thing that I think that is that that this movie is about all of America, and the other one yeah. was about this one one, spot. one little thing exactly. And so right. like the, what's what's really great is that he applies, especially for the poor characters. He applies the same, even though the movie itself, all the upfront stuff is very broad, very comedy based, very like cartoonish characters. This is the comedy version of the Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, comedy version (laughs) of the Grapes of Wrath. When he, when they show something that is serious, he makes it, he films it with realism. You know, like he still, he still tunes the movie to be appropriate for what the subject is in the moment all the time. And so you can feel that weird sadness and depression lurking around the edges of the movie all throughout the entire project. And that's what makes the movie better than just sort of like a fluffy, a fluffy ride. It has a little tiny bit of weight to it that I like quite a bit. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I love movies like, uh, Oh, what's the Steve, Steve Martin, Michael Caine movie. Um, uh, um it's called, uh, Carl, uh, uh, um, dirty, dirty, dirty scoundrels. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that's a movie where there's no weight to that at all. It's just froth and it's incredibly fun. Right. But this thing has Mother? like, yeah, that brother. Yeah, brother? like yeah. Nah, brother. <laughs> Ruprecht. I told Ruprecht. you, if you don't. <laughs> like, I'm it's have totally to get awesome. you some new pots and pans. <laughs> yes, exactly. I want my gram gram. I want my be... gram gram. <laughs> like that's a great movie, but it's not like it has a lot of historical heft, you know. And so right. this movie has that plus a little bit of weight to it. Well, this was it does thing. have historical heft, though. And I'll, if I could just point please, this out, please. That is. The same house that they shot that one movie with James Mason in 74 that we saw. The Onion Field? No. The, um, remember we made a poster about it and it was like the ridiculously stupid spy movie from 75. We did it. Oh, oh yeah. What was that thing? Shoot. Oh, that was great. Yeah. What was the name of that thing? It was amazing. The, the Marseille something. Yeah. Uh, the yes. Marseille that contract. House that was James the title. Mason lived in is the same damn house yes. in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <laughs> That's true. In, Historical heft. Co- yes. <laughs> yeah. Cause that was one of those classic movies where the title 
is is actually like the Marseille contract or something like this. Yeah. But then it's listed as the the explodables or something like that. Whatever the fuck the it was. The ex- or, yeah, like, no, no, the 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 the, 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 the something with a D. I don't remember. The, the dangerousables. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the dangerousables. I think it was the so dangerousables. Bad. It was so bad. It's just like, oh shit, it's not selling. The Marseille contract isn't selling. What do we call this thing? They hack in something else. Yeah, uh, it's so it's so was good. it James Mason? Destructors. The destructors. destructors. Yes. Thank you, Jason. The destructors. Yes. <laughs> the the, the blow upables. I think that's the it. blow upables. <laughs> the make boomables. The make boomables. Yes. Make boom. Make boom. Good film. Sell tickets. Sell tickets. Uh, yeah, man. Then. But yes, yeah. So this this is uh, this is a bit of a, a weightier film than we're tending to describe it, but it, it's basically upfront broad comedy galore, all hinging on Tatum O'Neill. And if you want right. to see just an example, look up the uh, Eat Your Coney Island routine is just hysterically funny. It's one of the funniest routines in 70s movies, period. It's just right. perfect. So Basically, the, he, gets her, he gets her a hot dog and a soda and yeah. calls it a delicacy. <laughs> calls it a like delicacy. Like, should be happy to have a hot <laughs> yeah, dog. exactly. And, a, and to any other well, eight-year-old. Well, time yes. period, probably, yeah. yeah. It's like, I spent $2 on that hot dog. Yeah, it's no, insane. no, 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 25 cents. 25 cents, yeah. <laughs> And the entire time, she's like, she's not having it. She's like, I want my $200 back, you asshole. <laughs> you went and bought a fancy, fancy fucking but car. You watch a movie like that, and you realize, like, the the cost of living back then, like oh yeah, they Jesus. talk about things. They're like, oh my god, that's right. It was That'd be twenty five cents. cents. Wow, yeah. whole bag like, of groceries, whole yeah. dinner. It's like what? <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. really s- strange to see. It, it, yeah, and I was thinking about that in the last picture show when he shows up. You remember when he gets like a cookie and a soda, and he's like, right, you've already spent a dime, and you haven't even had a good breakfast yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> what? So good. You remember so that? good. Yeah, yeah awesome. but it's, you look at that stuff, you're like, man, things were so different. Cheap. Uh, yep. Cheap. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Yeah, it's so good, man. But yeah, so the so they, they hit the road, they rip people off, and uh, like they – and things like – it becomes this thing of just like just high living. Like they're very successful. She's very smart. And it's good times uh, for a while until he meets uh, Madeline Kahn – and Madeline Kahn is a prostitute, and she is pretending <laughs> I like had to she's go tinkle tinkle, <laughs> like, and she's was it tinkly winkly so, or something? Yeah, something like that, right? And so, and this like throws she's the entire a, project. Well, let's, let's, let's call her more of an escort. Yes, yeah, and she's a part-time prostitute, and she definitely sees he's trying to play himself up as a big a big hoot, right? And uh, and so Madeline Kahn's like, oh, I can take him for a ride. And yes. so she's basically trying to scam him. She's trying to scam him. And she also has a, 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 a maid hand with her. Yes. And with an African-American girl who's, right. uh, who's her assistant the whole time, who's just like in, in a reflection of Maddie, Addie. Uh, rather, Addie and her dad, like this girl is the smart one and Madeline Kahn's the fucking screechy moron. Right. Ugh. Right. And, However, uh, I will, I will note that the scenes where the two young girls are talking to each other mm-hmm. is the worst acting. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, say like she's not a comparable actor. No, and so like it's just you know you can't you can't hit twice in the same machine. That's no. just not going to happen. It's very awkward. Yeah. It's very hard. They just basically yeah. pop up, deliver line, deliver line. It felt like a middle school. It was play. Disney. Yeah. No, it was Disney. It was a <laughs> Disney yeah. movie. It's like Escape yeah. to Witch Mountain. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cast matter space. Should yeah, we sure. get into the RV? Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Where's but, Benji? Uh, but uh, Addie is not having any of it with Madeline Khan. No, like she's just like she's a fucking hooker, and she's just here to like she gets uh, a Ryan O'Neill to buy her whole goddamn new car, waste all of the money that Addie and him have been building up to pay Addie back right. on a new car for Madeline Khan. Right. And Madeline Kahn knows that this little girl is onto her. her. Yeah, is blocking like, her. Is blocking her. Like, she's the nemesis. Apparently, there's a story where, like, when she says, it was like, when he tries to convince to let Madeline Kahn sit in the front seat, mm-hmm. she goes, right. oh, let Trixie, <laughs> can Trixie sit in front with her big old tits or something like that? Yeah, she says, right, right, right. Apparently, Madeline Kahn did not want to say that. She thought it was too vulgar. <laughs> really <laughs> right and right, so right. she just like, wasn't comfortable and it's like well just you know it's a legit so she only did it once and that was to take they said but uh, uh, if you look at that take in a movie apparently she's like she's got this cringe she doesn't want to say it yeah it doesn't want to say it yeah that's funny yeah. that's really funny but yeah she so didn't like, want to say it in front of her because she was young i don't know what it was but it was just something that made her not feel comfortable about it so right right but uh, yeah, so like, there's a there's a lot of you know like uh, uh, pressure and tension between these two until finally uh, uh, the other girl and and Addie come up with a plan to uh, uh, like they tell what is like a fucking you know a hotel guy uh, like essentially hook this random dude up with Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn's like, oh, I can make a little bit of money on the side. This is going to be great, and. She goes to sleep with a guy, and then they immediately tell Ryan O'Neill, like, oh, yeah, just upstairs. And then Ryan O'Neill walks in and sees that she is sleeping with somebody else. And he's like, well, fuck this. Yeah, but she arranged it. She arranged it. Exactly. Yeah, they right, did right. the whole thing. They right. set it up. And yeah. so, like, yeah. So, that, so Maddie is like, she's going to have it. Uh, uh, yeah, like, Addie is going to have it her way. Like, she's like, this is my faux dad, and we are on the road together. We're going to do it this way. Right. And so she's taking ownership essentially of, uh, of, of his scams. He's like, she's like, no, this is our adventure. He's a knucklehead. He's a knucklehead. Oh, he's a total knucklehead. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he's a total and, knucklehead. And so from, from there on, like the adventures get a little bit sort of, uh, grimmer, uh, they do. by yeah. the end, right? Because it's a road movie and basically it's just they run from one adventure Once to they the next, stop, right? Start. They do a scam. He runs a scan against a bootlegger. Yes. Um, right. So explain that one, Eric. Yeah. So basically they end up at this place and they're driving and they go to a place and Addie is the one that spots him. And it's the guy from Magnum PI. And yeah. she said, he's got a wad of money. And then, uh, Ryan says, well, if he's got a wad of money in these parts, he's probably a bootlegger. Mm-hmm. And so she keeps an eye on her. She's like, well, he's going in the back. So, well, let's follow him. So Addie follows him and sees that he goes in the back. Grabs booze and comes back and sells it to somebody. So she tells him, he says, well, what if I go into the back? He goes into the back where the shed is and discovers all this booze. Right. Uh, not with Addie. And he decides that I'm going to steal the booze. Right. We can resell go- this. Resell right. it to the exact same guy. Right. Sell his own booze back to him. Yeah. Him. Yeah. It's a Which Miami is- Vice plot line, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. It's called the t- the move. Actually, is when you do something like that. If I stole something from you, 
and mm-hmm. I resold it to you. You didn't know it's called a Crockett and Tubbs. It's a Crockett and that, Tubbs, and, and that's the, the old expression. It's, you know, you pulled a Crockett and Tubbs on me. Okay, you think you could do that? Get away with no it? No one pulls a Crockett and Tubbs on me. <laughs> that's right. Um, so they do that, and then of course the dark stuff comes. Like um, they think they're successful in their exploits, and then all of a sudden it turns a out cop, the, co- the cop, the the bootlegger's brother. Is the sheriff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This goes far wrong. So the, the, here's an interesting thing. So the, 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 the bootlegger and the sheriff are played by the same actor. And he had two weeks to change his look <laughs> and lose a bunch of weight or something like that right, to be right, able right. to play a different character and seem like he's a different person. Right. Right. This is, this is good stuff. I didn't know this. Yeah, that's why you are totally on the uh, like I'm the internet researching. Did you use GPT four? No, ChatGPT says literally just IMDb trivia. But it was very interesting to hear to listen to all these things. Like what the crazy stories? Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. That's why. Yeah, like because like I can't imagine. I can imagine like because like some of my great favorite performances are people playing those kinds of dual roles. Like I love. in Deadwood, when um, what's his name who plays, uh, uh, but uh, Wild Bill, uh, not Wild Bill, right? The the guy who kills Wild Bill, uh, ends up playing another villain two seasons later, and he looks totally different, and you don't even recognize it's the same actor because he's changed himself so much. I love that kind of stuff. It's uh, like this. This is pretty fun, but two weeks is not enough time. No, like that's, wasn't that's, enough like time. Marlon Brando in Taxi Driver. You didn't know. Like, I didn't know that he no, was Scorsese in the back of the cab. That's yeah. Brando. That's Incredible. Brando. Incredible. Fresh off of uh, Last Tango. Yeah, Still, how, just, come, just like how that. come that scene is not banned? Yeah, I know. When he's Last in the cab Tango? like that? <laughs> no. Scorsese in the cab scene, he is so horrible. and He's, he is he's horrible. Just, like, horrible, horrible language. And, yes. and, like, like, really demeaning stuff and it's what a like 45 oh, can do i think people haven't gotten around to taxi drivers like we j- they just got the french connection they'll get the yeah, taxi yeah, driver don't worry, don't worry. It. exactly <laughs> the taxi driver is going to get turned into hey you want to ride go. credits go 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 <laughs> bam 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 stand out of a movie theater like go go that's go, right go come on everybody let's ban it can't have any of that stuff uh brother but yes so uh they end up uh being pursued by Bad Which is a people. great scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, then so they get pursued and uh, they uh, get thrown in jail. Well, yep. no, 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 no. Oh, wait. Yes. 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 First jail. Yes. Yes. Okay. First I'm sorry. jail, then freedom. Tonight at eight. No. Um, <laughs> they get thrown in jail and Mr. Magnum P.I. Uh, basically interrogates them. He gets bored. Maddie has all the money hidden in her hat. That's and so right. Yes. That's how they get around it. So eventually she, pardon me, grabs the key when they spill all her stuff out from her little play box, which is an old cigar case. She notices a key that is to the car. So she says, I need to go to the bathroom. So he follows her and a cop follows him because they're under arrest. Mm -hmm. And then they run out of the car and it's a very throw your mama, you know, not throw your mom from a train. What was the one that stop where my mom will shoot? Kind of hijinks <laughs> moment where she's right. like, run! That was a little bit of, you know, a, a little of that, you know, stop where my mom will shoot. Yeah, but right. it was definitely, they 
escape in the car. She's mm-hmm. in control, really. Mm-hmm. That's where it becomes a little bit of a Disney thing. Yeah, right. Where it's, she it's is kind of more fantasy, in control. Right. Like, I have a map and blah, blah, blah. It becomes right. Goonies. Yeah. But, it has a little, yep, yep, yep. I, yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. She, she becomes, Cindy Lauper she becomes song outside of the script. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paper Moon. Good enough. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, paper Moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she right. she becomes a little outside the script smart, which is what you don't want to do. Like yes, you want right. to be smart, like, like smart within the script. Eight. Yeah. Let's keep Oh, by the way, another piece of trivia. Her smoking cigarettes in the car, which is was uh, real. behind Eric. So mm-hmm. those cigarettes were not real cigarettes. Cloves. There you go. No, they were lettuce leaves and it made her really sick oh <laughs> nasty bet. dude why oh god just give her a cigarette That's she was inhaling it though i noticed her inhaling yeah well, she I does when she's, she, she's, she's smoking like, in bed and then like, it held like, and it wasn't in her mouth so she was like yep, and some came out of her real. nose i was like ah, oh, she's inhaling cigarettes why would you smoke lettuce that sounds like a terrible idea it's, i don't know why but it was funny yeah man well it's man, a vegetable dude. too very it's similar true. family of tobacco yep yeah it is true that is true yeah Frank Sapper used to say, uh, he doesn't do Don't drugs. Worry. It's not, it's not, it's not tobacco. It's, it's, it's hemp. <laughs> yeah. It's just hemp. She's, man, she's a good actor. Yeah. She's screamingly high the whole time. <laughs> All right, Eric, you, you're on a roll. Keep going. What, what's, what's happens with them when they, the little hijinks, uh, <laughs> so they go in the hijinks and they escape. <laughs> yes. So eventually they end up in, uh, in Missouri. Um, or another part of the state out of the jurisdiction of the a cops. Different that, state, right? A different mm-hmm. state. Or out of a, a jurisdiction or a county that was a different from the cops that chased them. Right. So they go to a hotel. She, um, he has a plan to do something with a businessman, which will incorporate all the money that they've stolen, $621 from the bootlegger. Mm-hmm. She stays at home. Back at the hotel, which you can already tell by the way so happy she is. And you're like, okay, something bad's going to happen. It's not going to work out now. <laughs> yes. And so, well, she go- feels like it's like, oh, I'm with my dad. I'm in business. We're making shit happen, right? Well, like, I have right. a dad. I right. have a, I have so, a dad. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, um, that's very much like the 20s thing, like the kid or any of the kind of heartstring pulling that you saw in movies from the 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. where the kid, you know, I'm saving the kid or, um, you know, Such as The Kid. Well, no, there's The Kid and there's a couple <laughs> yeah. other movies where in that vein right. where yeah. it's just like um, they're lost and um, they need somebody to take care of them and have to persuade them to take mm. care of them. Yep. And so basically he goes out to do this deal, but as soon as he gets out, the guys that were chasing him uh, <laughs> yeah. beat the shit out of him. And I yeah. think the best scene in the movie is – she goes to the bank to see if he's closing the deal, mm-hmm. and he, she hears the sees the guy. Mm-hmm. The guy looks at his watch like that guy's late, which would, is her father. Mm-hmm. And so she basically stands there and see him leave. Like, where did my father go? And as the man walks away, the best scene for me. You hear this. Hey, yes, he's hey. beaten up and he's in like a stairwell, beaten up. Yeah. He's too embarrassed. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that was the. Such a beautiful scene for me. Yeah, it's um, great. And I thought that was great. That I think that's a great scene. And so they lost, anyway, they so lost she, everything. Yeah. yeah, they lost everything. And what does she say? Well, we'll go out and make more. We, we can, can sell run more, more Bi- scams. We can buy more Bibles. And he's like, that's right. We are. She just wants your... a parent. Yep. And she but... wants that love. 
and I don't care if he's a con man. I'll take right. it. And the re- and the reverse side of this is that he doesn't want to do this with her anymore because he cares about her and it's endangering to her. And he's going to, he's like, I got to drop you off. At Does he realize that he's not a good person and he uh, kind of deserves it? Yeah. Like a little bit. I think a little bit, a touch. I think he's grown a little bit by the end of the movie. I think that he really loves her by the end of the movie. Uh, and, uh, and he tries to make the right call, you know, like I, you can't be with someone like me is what he's thinking. Um, yeah. and he's, and he's going to bring it, bring her to the drop her off at the place where he initially said he would drop her off with the distant cousins of so-and-so. And, uh, he does leaves her there. She checks it out. She sees the house <laughs> and she's like, Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, even though there's a lot well, of love yeah, there. That's the thing, right? So it's she, she's like you're you're here, you're you're with your cousin or whatever it is yeah. and they're going to take care of you and she's like no. No way. You know, after all this stuff I've been involved with, I'm going to settle in and be a good little girl in this little house. Nope. nope. <laughs> and then uh, she convinces him like there's a whatever there's oh there's plenty of you know like says there's plenty of other scams we can run near right nearby you know and and hops in the car together and they ride off down the road for more adventures that we don't get to see yeah, which right. is lovely which is a, a lovely way to end the movie yeah but, but yeah really, I, I love this movie i think this movie is one of the most charming movies one. of the of the period yep, and she holds it together she basically yeah, is. she's a superstar and like in the time, like Bogdanovich does a really nice job with it. It's a really nicely timed old school comedy movie. Um, and he really gets that right. Um, and, uh, and like there's an, there's enough, you know, like there's enough like meat on the bone for like, you know, like real drama is happening somewhere in this movie to connect it to last picture show, right. To have a little bit of that. But what's really funny is that I th- it may be his very next movie is what's up doc. Right. Yeah. And what's up, Doc? Is fucking hysterically funny, and that is not in the slightest bit serious. And it's shot in color, and it's got Barbara Streisand, you know, and uh, Ryan and Ryan O'Neill, uh, and it's like a, an utterly modern '70s version of slapstick. And so this is like the last. Like, there's a weird bit of I, like, old timey about everything. Yeah, exactly. He, he tries to carry the old timiness into modern days. And I think right. it works very well, but it's very it's very strange as opposed to like when you watch it in the context of uh, of this movie, uh, like it works it works beautifully because. Yeah, but, but he didn't have Polly Platt. But he didn't have Polly Platt. That's true. By that time, he didn't have her in his right. life helping her make decisions. Right. Right. So that's a big deal. But she, she knows was she some... was involved in Paper Moon, though. No, I'm Yo, talking you... about the What's Up oh, for What's, what's up, up Doc. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's Up Doc? Still great. Still great. Terrific movie. But it does have a. It doesn't have uh, that that level of of great filmness that uh, certainly Last Picture Show does, and this one has a little tiny touch of. Like it's just a great comedy. Barbara Streisand is very funny, and she makes up for fucking Ryan O'Neill in that movie. <laughs> so yeah, and Madeline Kahn also. Like everybody's doing Ryan O'Neill's work in that movie. Yeah, I just, it's just surprising <laughs> to me that you see these two movies, right? Uh-huh. And you look at them and you realize how much crossover they have with Mel Brooks out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. I know. It's true. Right. Kenneth, just, Kenneth Mars also. Yeah. Like, it's just like everybody. Malin Khan. 
Yeah. Like loads and loads. But that's the whole scene in Hollywood in, in the 70s. Such a great, yeah. such, such talent. And yes, let's all recognize that Frau Brucha. Yeah. Was one of the greatest dramatic actors of all time. <laughs> it's true. She'll be remembered for Frabuka. That's fine. It's great. That's also right. hysterical. You know, or, but, or, or, or what's the uh, nurse, whatever in uh, high anxiety? High anxiety. Yes. Like well, her, com- her comic stuff deserves to be remembered as well as her drama, right. but you will nurse be Ratchet shocked. Nurse is from uh, the other one. Oh, Nurse Ratched oh, from uh, what's uh, no, one flow is a cuckoo's one nest. One flow is a cuckoo's nest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's uh, uh, who, what was her name? Nurse something in in uh, in uh, high, anxiety. high anxiety was very funny. Very funny. Hang too. on, that is Cloris. Yeah, uh, Cloris Leachman. Uh, here in high anxiety. Oh God! Even this photo of her is hysterical. Yes. There we go. Give me the name. What's her name? Hang on. Chloris. Oh, yes. <laughs> Nurse Diesel. Nurse. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. Worth yeah, that's that worth the search. Nurse yeah. Diesel. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's yeah, your strudel. That <laughs> scene. Where, remember that with the glass table? <laughs> yes. So it's good. the best. Yeah, she's a she's a genius. She's a genius, and yeah. uh, and she uh, was uh, she unsung. was a customer of uh, Nancy's, wasn't she? Yeah, that's amazing. She, yeah. yeah, Nancy knew her, and I can't say the stories online, but I'll tell you after. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, let's just put it together. The very intimate thing with Cloris Eastman. She was she's just got to be a character, like in life. Oh, sure. She passed, yeah. right? Yes, Did I she? believe so. I think so. Yeah. Yes, I'll, I'll double check on that right now. But she is, uh, Cloris Leachman. Uh, yes, she died in 2021. Yeah, wow. yeah. But uh, yeah, Madeline I mean, Kahn died way too young. She died oh, yeah. of breast cancer breast way too young. Yeah. Well, right. she she was like fifty something. Yeah, yeah, very young, very young. Um, and and uh, and you know, Leachman went on to do great stuff. Mary Tyler Moore Show when she played uh, Phyllis, she was great, and uh, and you know, lots of great character work. But it's like, fuck, man, nobody recognized how good this woman was. Like, she should have been much, yeah. much bigger than she was. Also, she played the mother or the grandmother in Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, my God. That's right. Man, oh, man. I'm just yeah. putting it together. There it is. Slowly Malcolm maturely. in the Middle had her and the guy from, uh, like, they're both in Young Frankenstein. And Kenneth Mars. Yeah. 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 That's wild. That's wild. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Kenneth Mars, man, I love, I love me some Kenneth Mars. Can't get enough of that. That's a fu- that's a film festival uh, in itself. I swear to God. And who's who, who's the I'm I'm name blanking right now because uh, the 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 monster in Young Frankenstein is played by uh, Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Yeah. Yeah. Ken yeah, and I were also just dead. Also, also died, yeah. passed. Yes, that's too bad. Uh, he. Karen and I were just watching Young Frankenstein just before the podcast because it was like, uh, you know, after watching uh, Paper Moon, I needed a uh, not, uh, last picture show, I needed a, a palate cleanser, and Young Frankenstein seems to make sense. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> the scene with uh, Gina <laughs> came up and she goes, I think this is my favorite. I think this is the best scene of the whole movie. 
Which you, <laughs> it's, oh, it, it is warm your literally hands. perfect. It's so it's so perfect because and it's really comes down to one moment because like Hackman is hysterically funny, but the funniest moment warm goes to, uh, to Boyle. Boyle when they because breaks the glass. Uh, no, when when he uh, when uh, when uh, Hackman lights his thumb on fire. Uh-huh. So right? good, the warmth of the fire. <laughs> he's, got the, he's got like his thumb is on fire, and he goes now just in, now just breathe in until the tip glows because he thinks it's a cigar, and like Boyle looks at his thumb and goes, huh. Like oh, he considers it for a second. Like, oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> I love it when he breaks the glass and he uh, just looks at it like uh, he just has this expression of like, huh? You got to be fucking and he, kidding! And me. he did the same thing with the young girls. Like, oh, we're all out. What else should we throw into the well? Yeah. Hmm. And, the, and the girl is because the girl's so annoying. She's like, "What? What are we throwing the water now?" And he just looks at the camera like. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's like, it's these, I mean, the Hackman is amazing with soup, soup, yes, hot oh, the soup. Warmth. <laughs> the warmth. He's so funny. Cigars. Yeah, but you just, it's amazing. Of all people to cast in that role. Oh, in, in the height Hackman. of his seriousness. Like, he's like, French connection. I never sang for my father. Fucking the conversation. And the blind old guy from Young Frankenstein. It's perfect. <laughs> you know, they probably did that. Just yeah, shows yeah. the brilliance of Gene Hackman. Yes, uh, I mean it's not Gene Hackman. It's like Mel, Mel Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Because I like I I always like oh he's a great comedian, but like no he's a brilliant <laughs> film person where because yes. he really he knows how to do it, man. He Absolutely. And I just you know obviously I learned uh, more recently that he was not credited, but the main producer, an Elephant Man, and I'm like. Oh, oh, it's incredible. Shit. Yeah, that's right. He pretty yeah. much put, uh, he's like, uh, I know uh, what great on the map. Shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he did. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Lynch says so. Like, it's just like, I, I'd be nowhere without Mel Brooks. Like, yeah. uh, Mel, you know, Mel, Mel did it, you know, and that, that Mel, you know, like that he understands great art when he sees it. Like, he's not like, he's not just like jokes, jokes, jokes. Like he's in it because he wants to make great work. Right. And that's why he makes his jokes so great. And, right. Uh, and I, I like, he's like, yeah, he's not as good as he. I mean, he's a very, very old man now. But even now, he is still pretty fucking funny. <laughs> he's fabulous. Yeah, he is unbelievable, man. Like nearly a hundred years old, he's still cracking it. And he's my my that. favorite, my like, have you you guys seen uh, comedians in cars getting coffee? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that. You show. guys see the one with Mel Brooks and uh, what's uh, his friend? I mean, he's passed away now. Yeah, of his, uh, Reiner, Carl Reiner. Carl yeah. Reiner, oh, when they would Reiner. have dinner at the, at the Carl Reiner's house with the yep. TV dinners Little and watch, watching Jeopardy. <laughs> it's so it's good, the dude. best episode. It's incredible. It's incredible. Of that show. Yeah. They I were best friends show. for the, their whole lives. It's really, well, really hard until work. he died. So until I, he that's died. what, when Carl Reiner died, I almost felt like, oh, it's going to be like one, two. One, two, right? Yeah. Because yeah, they're basically married. Yeah. They're basically yeah, married, yeah. but he was married to, uh, what's her name? Um, and uh, Bancroft. Oh, and Bancroft. Yeah, wonderful actor. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and when she died, I was like, uh, nah, but he's they still were customers of Nancy's. Really? Incredible. Oh, oh yeah. that's so good. That's yeah. so good. Oh, yeah. Nancy, my wife, had a, a coffee shop for 10, 12 years in Brentwood on San Vicente in Montana. Yeah. And, oh, and get um, Mel in there. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Like all those guys from George Carlin to him to Anne Bancroft to that's like incredible. Calissa in uh, what's his name? Her, uh, Harrison uh, Ford. Yeah. Harrison yeah. Ford. Yeah. That's incredible. That's so fun. Uh, there was, yeah, I, 
I've heard these stories and they're amazing, but I, 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 there was a, there's a podcast episode that I remember. It was one of the old nerdist podcasts. It was a long, long time ago. And I, it was with Mel Brooks on the nerdist and he talks about stuff and he talked about Anne Bancroft when he was trying to do like the producers, like at the early part of his career. And she was a successful actor and he was just trying to get stuff started and they would go out to dinner and she would pass him money under the table to pay for dinner so that he would look like a big shot. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> and he yep. told the story. He's like, this is, this is how it was back then. Yeah. 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 You yep. know? Yeah. Well, that's a good team, though. That's a great No, wife. no. She was wonderful, right? She yep. was wonderful. Yeah. That's cool. That's so funny. Yeah. She was amazing. I actually remember, like, my first Mel Brooks films. I, I don't know how we're ending on Mel Brooks on this thing, but I think that somehow it connects with me. Uh, but my first Mel Brooks film that I ever saw was Silent Movie, which is a random Love one. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so a, it's funny. a funny movie. It's a very funny movie. Yeah. But she's in it. Uh, as, as, a you know, <laughs> going from all of her dramatic roles to being like this rich spoiled woman, which is hilarious right. as this, right. as the role she takes on. Uh, but yeah. All right. Listen, we guys, we got to wrap it up, but it's, this has been a great episode. This has been a long time for, at least for the three of us. Yeah, we, we've been wanting for years. This has been on the list for at yeah. least a year yeah. or more. <clears throat> Plus, um, and, and, uh, I'm glad we were able to do it. Uh, and, uh, it was, it was, it was wonderful. And I really appreciate the fact that we were getting to do this and introduce people to movies that probably people are telling them not to watch and they should. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. True, See these inappropriate movies before Disney edits the shit out of them. <laughs> I know. Watch them now while they're still fresh and real. Yeah, what are, what are the things copies. that they did? Uh, French connection. Talk the French connection that Besides that company. one. I know. No, I'm just waiting. I just I'm no, just I'm waiting like, for yeah, it to yeah, happen, man. Yeah, yeah. they're they're they'll they'll just, they want to clean up their um their filthy filthy catalog of extremely good wonderful films that have strong statements. Right. <laughs> put put fig leaves in front of the freaking that's David right. statue. Yes, that's right. Can't have any of that. All right. Terrible, but terrible. These were great films, um, and I really appreciate it. And it you know sort of made my uh, set set the mood for me. So I really. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's well. terrific. That was really great to see those guys. It's been a while. That's really uh, something. And uh, also, uh, Eric, what are the names of the books that Bogdanovich wrote? Who the Devil Made It? Who the Devil's In It? There's a John Ford book, which is small. It's really great. It's there. But the Who the Devil's right here. Um, it, the John Ford is over there. I was reading it. It's really great. He's written mm -hmm. a lot. Hold on one second. Hold on. He's bringing us the books. He's yeah, do it. Do it. While he's bringing us the books, I do remind you, it's like, I really want to try to figure out the Spotify thing. If we could do Martini Giant Spotify playlist. That's a great idea. It's help great us idea. out. I just that. love, okay, I love go ahead, Eric. Books, go ahead, Eric. art books and books, as you guys can see behind me. I got a shit ton. We can't see stores. anything because they're all being called out. But there you John go. John Ford. Ford. Yeah. Nope. So, yeah. John Ford. This by Brian Donovich. He's got Perfect. a lot of books like this that are from, um, University of California Press. Great. These are such great little books, and it just covers – it's all his interviews with him and covers his life um, and his analysis of uh, his movies. It's That's really awesome. great. Yep. 
So University of California Press has tons of these on uh, great directors and stuff. But he was a prolific writer, man. I'm waiting for the Tashin book on all his writing or something like that right. because yeah. he wrote so much in the 60s. He was like the film uh, critic Absolutely. and reviewer right. in the 60s for Esquire and other magazines. Yeah, That's how he got to know everybody. And um, I found out later that I, he was really good friends with this guy named William Everson who was a teacher of mine at NYU. Mm-hmm. In grad school, and he was uh, a film historian, and he's long past. He died in ninety five or ninety six, but they were good buddies, and he was like the guy that inspired him to be um, as with film. And uh, mm-hmm. look him up, William Everson is incredible. The guy had like phew, encyclopedic knowledge of every film, and he knew actors and directors going back to the forties. Super old guy. It was really cool, um, and I re- realized recently I found out that they were good friends. But yeah, that, there's it, a whole world there. Yeah, because he's uh, he, Bogdanovich sort of takes the same path that uh, 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 Francois Truffaut did. Like he was a critic first, essentially, and then he right applied uh, his knowledge to making great film. Uh, How was he think, compared to Pauline Kael? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like but Pauline never picked up a camera. I would actually love to see what. Uh, Karina Longworth would do. She has she has such knowledge of movies. Uh, I would love to see her direct something sometime. I think it'd be pretty great. But I think it's a great path for people to follow if they know a lot about movies to actually put the money where their mouth is. So those are my feelings on that for no particular reason. <laughs> All right. Listen, guys, I got to get going. Uh, I need to uh, do something soon. So I'm just going to uh, say we're going <laughs> to wrap it up. I really appreciate all uh, this podcast. I actually love this episode. And uh, yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, that's great. Uh, let, thank let, you everybody thank, in chat. That's us, awesome. Thank you for letting us do one of the old ones for us because we really yeah, have been wanting to do this while. for a while. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah, uh, That was good. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. Good night. Thanks, everybody. Chat. Thanks. Uh, you, guys thanks for the, for, you guys ready for the, uh, the, the sign off? Let's do yes. it. Yes. All right. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.